Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Listeners and welcome back to Dragon's Greed Gaming. It is I, your host, the Great Unclean One. Wanted to welcome you to the show and just take a moment here to remind you: be sure you stop by our Facebook page and follow us there for all the latest news on the channel and our ever-growing amount of shows. If you can, we appreciate if you can stop by iTunes and Apple Podcast. Give us a five-star review, help us grow the channel, and help us get out in front of more people as we continue to expand. Also, be sure you stop by our YouTube channel. We've finally got some real video content we're starting to produce, and be sure you subscribe and hit that little bell to get all notifications when we have new episodes coming out. We're still putting out all of our actual play series, but we've got real video series coming out as well with more planned for the future. And finally, if you're a big fan of the show, if you want to help support us a little bit more, consider joining our Patreon, Dragon's Greed Gaming. We have a couple different tiers you can check out. Get yourself access to uh, early access to our weekly episodes, monthly artwork from Kyle, get your name up on our Wall of Heroes uh, wall, or check out our Patreon-only exclusive actual play series that we do once a month, a Warhammer Fantasy actual play series called Tales from the Old World. Uh, Something there for everybody, and for a couple bucks, toss a couple coins in the Dragon's Horde, and help us out. But however you choose to support us, we appreciate, even if you're just listening, first-time listeners, new listeners, or old veterans, old raving fans, we appreciate each and every one of you guys, and hope you enjoy tonight's show. Thanks so much. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. It is us, Dragon's Greed Gaming, and you are joining us for episode three of Blade Runner Electric Dreams. Very, very quick uh, recap here. Last we left, two of our characters had taken some downtime as we'd gotten into the fourth shift of the investigation, evening of the first day. Uh, Garrick Johnson and one of our replicants, Hector, had taken some time off to rest and recuperate, while Halbeck and our other replicant, Violet, decided to work into the evening. 
Violet in particular stressing herself and straining uh, to try to get more done in the limited time it feels like you guys have. And Hallbeck ended up having to go back to the Kill Magazine office after getting a call from Deputy Chief Holden to try to put a stop to the story that they were going to be releasing. He managed to convince the editor there, or I'm sorry, the publisher, uh, Skyler, to hold off on publishing the story the next day. But in return, he owes Styler some juicy information for a story. And Styler promised that if he does not get that, he's going to make life not too easy for our Blade Runners here. Violet, on the other hand, went to Animoid Row to try to track down information about the blue butterfly jar that you guys had found in Leah's apartment and you discovered after doing a little bit of looking around a shop called the Aurelian which appears to sell a variety of different type of butterfly animoids. You got some information from a young man there that was closing up a shop called the Dragonfly and he explained he had uh, recognized a picture of uh, Leah that you had shown him told you that uh, he'd seen her go there and he also saw someone that matched the description of Styles going to that shop as well. He explained a bit about the owner, and uh, he also mentioned that there are Esper cameras in the area that might be worth looking into. So I think we will finish off, or start off, I guess, with uh, Violet as she finishes up for the night. It's late. It's probably past midnight at this point and you are extremely tired and worn out, and it's probably time to get some rest unless you feel like pushing yourself even further into the morning. No, I'm definitely going to start heading back uh, to my apartment to get some sleep and probably take a shower, but uh, on the way I will uh, pop open comms to Hallbeck and uh, the rest of the guys if I can reach them, kind of update them. Well, that depends. Do our other two characters who are currently on downtime answer this call, or do they even hear it? Um, Garrick probably would hear it, and he'd just let it go to, like, voicemail. Yeah, I'd be slamming my phone off, personally, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, how about Hector? I guess it's kind of a toss-up, if I was in the middle of an arm wrestling competition. That really only requires one arm so I could answer the phone with the other arm and all right high or low not the guy <laughs> uh hi good call I rolled a 97 you are you can answer the call if you so wish uh sh sure all right so you've got everybody except Garrick he does not answer when you call it's all right so uh went down to animoid row most of the shops are closed up, so probably wasn't such a great idea to go so late. Now I'm beat. I'm going to head back home, but uh, maybe we can link back up in the morning. There is a shop that our girl Leah was seen leaving, looking for a guy named the Aurelian, specializes in these bugs. I'll kind of show, if I can, link to uh, the store uh, okay. so they know which one it is. Uh, also, reports of seeing our tall friend there, Styles, uh, and that's about all I have to say. Uh, you know, 
they have any questions for me, I'll stay on the comms, but, uh... It's Styles is the guy from the bar? Styles is the guy that we saw outside the bar, intercepted and ran away from us, but, uh, we are able to interrogate a little bit and found out. Well, I guess, Kyle, did you, br you briefed us on what happened with Skyler, right? Yeah. I forget if we role-played through that. So we know a little bit from more from him that, you know, he could have been part of the instigation of the fight. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, again, I don't feel confident that Leah's going to come back there necessarily, but she had been there at some point. And I'm curious, as there is more to this insect, is it just a pet or... Do they serve another function? The other thing we need to check is the Esper cameras from the area. I don't know if there's a time limit on when that footage gets destroyed, so maybe someone can hop on that. If you need you, help. You all know it's involved. 24 hours before stuff gets overwritten. Okay. I could come in in the morning, but if... Uh... It's footage from right after the murder we were looking for. That would be overwritten by tonight. Yeah, it depends exactly when. You know, it'll you'll be cutting it close. But that's what I got. Two of us are up in the morning. One could shake down the Aurelian. One could check the cameras. Uh, unless we think they'll all be there, in which case, might want to have more of a show of force. I don't feel like they would be there. I could be wrong. Might want to keep it a little clandestine and not, you know, make our presence super known so they don't know we're on our trail. I already talked to two people that know we're snooping around there, so might want to keep a low pro. That's just my opinion, though. I would agree. So hopefully, hopefully one of you can check in the morning and, uh, yeah, we'll head back to Anmoid Row when everything's all open. Sounds like a plan. I'll bet I'll give you a call when I've got a little shut-eye. Sounds good. All right. Violet, you make your way back to your apartment. And uh, what kind of apartment does uh, Violet call home? That's a fantastic question i believe i have a a mid-grade apartment so yeah, it's uh got what we rolled it, uh, let's double check this sorry here but uh i believe it was mid-grade so it was like probably the the standard that uh most people get huge but dilapidated old apartment in an abandoned building on retirement row with leaking ceilings full of debris alright I'm wrong it's it's worse it <laughs> is uh it looks much more like where uh what's his face found Pris I guess <laughs> yeah yeah alright well you make your way up the flight of stairs weary from uh the day's trials and uh you get home, and uh, what do we see when you open the door? What does the inside of your apartment really look like? I mean, it is it is bigger than the standard apartment. It's just obviously in bad shape, but take us on a small tour. 
I think you walk in and immediately get uh, hit in the face with some leaky water, which causes me to grumble. And uh, uh, I think there's kind of like a, a big fan in, in the ceiling. So maybe like this apartment was butting up against like, you know, maybe part of the building's inner workings. And so there's, you know, some cool light that kind of comes in through there. And it's, uh, you know, sort of the beginning of morning. So I think there's that, that ambient glow that comes from morning coming up when you know you should have been asleep, but you're, you know, just putting your head down and you just kind of feel all off. Uh, I think, you know, I have pretty sparse furniture. There's nothing that's not broken. Let's say that. I think I think Violet doesn't spend a whole lot of time on uh, housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her her spouse is a little bit older and then, you know, he might be a little bit infirmed and not be able to keep up with everything as much as uh, he used to. So, yeah. So when you when you get in, uh, you see that um, Sully is like asleep in uh, in the chair that he has watching the very old dilapidated TV that he's managed to get his hands on. Uh, looks like he's fallen asleep to, you know, one of his favorite movies, probably waiting for you to get home at this point. Uh, tell us a bit about Sully. What does he look like? Who is he? What did he used to do? So, uh, Sully is my spouse, my husband, and uh, he's a little bit older, and he also used to be a detective. And the thing about Sully is he sort of rescued me um, from an incident and uh, we sort of have this relationship where it's you know a little bit like father and, and daughter in a weird way and whether, whether or not you know he you know is not really like um, I would say like you know sexually interested in replicants or however it kind of goes it's sort of a I think like an asexual relationship but uh he is, you know, he tries to guide me a little bit, but uh, at this point, it's to the point where it's smothering a little bit, and uh, it's often brings us to to fights, mostly where, you know, I think Violet just bounces and goes uh, on her way, but uh, you know, she still owes a lot to him. She still cares about him, and she still tries to keep this place together, and uh, you know food on the table as it were since he's uh, retired would it uh would it be safe to say that uh the marriage was more of like a, a way for him to try to keep you safe and protect you yeah okay well you see sully he's asleep uh as you come into the uh the apartment and uh you said you're gonna go hop in the shower yeah i'll uh you know take a moment to kind of cover him up there you know make sure he's he's comfortable and uh kind of be quiet as i can so i don't wake him up because you know just kind of want to give me a stealth check all right very good all right one sec Oof. oh wow three successes successes okay uh, yeah, so you're able to get him tucked away 
and you do not wake him. Uh, you manage to get the TV turned off and make your way into the bathroom uh, to take a shower, and um, you're able to get all of that done without making any sort of noise. You've probably grown accustomed to kind of sneaking around to avoid any uh, lectures or arguments, and it seems this is one of the nights where you're lucky enough to not wake him. And, uh... Yeah, your night goes by relatively uneventful after that. You get some much-needed sleep, and um, when you awake in the morning, uh, he is awake. Looks like he's making some breakfast. I, I meant to ask, was he a detective or a Blade Runner? You know, I... Let me see if I differentiated. I th I think... I didn't want it to be so on the nose, so I, I think he was just a detective. Oh, no, I did write a retired Blade Runner. I'll keep to what I wrote. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't remember. He, he, was, a, he was a Blade Runner. Okay. So we see him. He's, uh, you know, again, you've got a big apartment compared to most. Um, so you do actually have a small kitchenette in here where he is uh, preparing something. And, uh, you know, you, you come out of the bedroom and perhaps uh, sit down at the, uh, the table in the kitchen or, you know, the little table you guys have. Just a little crappy thing that has enough room for the two chairs. And uh, you can see he doesn't turn to look at you or anything, but he clearly hears you and he says, Long night. Yeah, probably should have gave in a little early. Oh, working on this homicide case. I have a weird feeling it's a replicant on replicant murder. And I kind of detail a little bit that, you know, looking into a two Blade Runner replicant unit that was trailing uh, another murder. One of them got shot inside a nightclub. A whole bunch of people saw it, but not exactly what happened. So, trying to trail this lady, Leah. You know anything about uh, Lilith? Is her, sorry, is her last name Tyrell or no? It is Tyrell, yeah. Know anything about a Lilith Tyrell? So he listens. You can tell he's listening. He, again, he doesn't really take his eyes off the breakfast he's making, but he's listening and he just you occasionally see him nod his head or give like a, a grunt of, you know, yes. Uh, but other than that, he doesn't say anything until you're done. And then when you are finished, he says, yeah, I know a bit about, uh, about her. She, uh, inherited the Tyrell Corp after, uh, Tyrell was murdered. And, well, company didn't do so well. Eventually they declared bankruptcy and sold everything off. Wallace picked most of it up quietly. Next thing we knew, they were in charge of all the replicant stuff. There was, a, there was an attack on her, too. Some, uh, some people think it was the uh, replicant underground tried to assassinate her or kill her. Blade Runner managed to intervene and stop it, but I heard she got pretty fucked up in that. Uh, any idea what she did with herself after losing the company? Yeah, nobody really knows for sure. Seems to have fallen off the map, but uh, oh, did you see today's paper? And he 
uh, kind of jerks his head off to one side, and you see that there is a copy of the uh, the paper that uh, I think we had given to Hector yesterday. I think he has all of access to it. And you see there's an article about her on the cover. Oh, shit. Uh, let me take a look. Looks like she's one of Wallace's uh, golden girls now. Memory designer. Let's see here. Nexus 9, Replicant Launch, a resounding success. Wallace Corp multiplies production. Uh, looks like there's a whole bunch of stuff here to read, though, but it's probably important. You want me to read it out loud here? Well, whatever you'd like. Uh, I mean, the thing that says Rising Star of Memory Design, that's the part about her. So that's, uh, you know, below the picture of your favorite NPC. Uh, this bitch, I'll say as I uh, go through it. <laughs> Amazing. Quality of our product speaks for itself. We have a grand total of zero Nexus 9 models convicted of a crime to date. <laughs> I laugh at that, but don't explain why. All right, Rising Star of Memory he, Design. He probably, he probably actually does kind of scoff or laugh at that as well. Just knowing all the politics around things. Good. Uh, so it says... What would the Nexus 9 replicants be without their memories to keep them obedient? The rising star of N9 memory design has an unlikely comeback story and a unique pedigree. When rogue replicants killed industrious Eldon Tyrell back in 2019, his niece and confident Lila Tyrell inherited his empire. Her reign was as tumultuous as it was short. She spearheaded the launch of the new Nexus 8 models without limited lifespans, followed by a backlash with replicants being declared a threat to human existence and hunted down in mass. After rogue replicants triggered the massive blackout in 2022 to wipe out all records of them and the subsequent prohibition of all replicant production everywhere, Lilith was attacked in her office by members of the replicant resistance movement. The plot was thwarted by an LAPD Blade Runner, but the Tyrell Corporation crumbled due to the prohibition and soon went bankrupt. Its assets sold off to the Wallace Corporation. After over a decade spent in obscurity, once replicants were again approved for use on Earth in 2036, Lilith Tyrell appeared again in Los Angeles, setting up a business as a contractor for the Wallace Corporation. She designed memories for Nexus 9 replicants and quickly made a name for us. God damn it, I knew it. He says what she got to do with it. I think she implanted her memories in this Leah model. Well, could be. You talk to her? No, but we're going to. At this point, he has finished making the breakfast and uh, he brings over two plates, uh, one that he puts down in front of you and one that he puts at the other chair. He sits down as he kind of, you know, kind of sighs as he uh, sits down and takes a breather and, uh, you know, he just starts to kind of play with his food a little bit. How you feeling today, champ? Oh, I'm fine. But, uh, you know, a call last night would have been nice. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got caught up in trying to chase this lady. How many times I gotta tell you? You gotta be careful out there. Especially, you know, being a replicant and all. And a Blade Runner on top of that. I know. 
I'll try and be better. You see that he uh, looks like he's about to say something else, but then he does. He just maybe bites his tongue and just kind of eats the food in silence as the, you kind of look over this newspaper and probably pick at your breakfast, too. Yeah, I'll kind of keep reading it. All right. Well, you do gain a point of resolve back for doing your downtime and resting. So that's good. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we'll switch it on over to Hallback. So Hallback, you are finally at your breaking point here, especially after dealing with Skylar and mm -hmm. all the threats and the chief. So what uh, what are you going to do? Uh, originally, I was going to say go to uh, the cemetery, but instead we will be making it back to uh, the apartment in the financial district. Okay, and what kind of apartment does Hallbeck call home? Uh, Hallbeck is in a very luxurious penthouse uh, in the financial district that was left to him uh, from his parents. Uh, so okay. his dad, his dad has passed, and his mom is uh, actually off-world. So uh, it's just him at this uh, very very nice penthouse very uh, not very furnished doesn't have much in the way of personal effects does he have a bed or is it uh, one of the pull out beds out of the wall uh, no he does have a he does have his own uh, bed but um, yeah he owns about three of the same kind of suit uh, has about one set of everything, uh, just to make things simple. So, yeah, there's not much to look at in the place. Okay. And uh, what does Halbeck do when he returns? Uh, I think the first thing he would do would be to uh, grab a shower, um, switch out, uh, probably get into... Uh, the next day's suit, <laughs> and uh, after probably catching some shut eye, he would uh, head down to the uh, the bar on the first floor. All right. Well, you do manage to get some shut eye after a refreshing shower, and however your uh, Shut Eye is cut a little short as there is a knock at your door uh, early the next morning. Oh. Interesting. Uh, I think Silas would have his uh, sidearm with him. Okay. And saddle up. Do, do the doors have basically a viewport uh, I mean I would assume one as nice as yours must have one yeah so let's let's uh, actually um, 
Yeah, why don't we why don't we check really quick? You see the familiar face of your sister standing at the door. Uh uh Silas would let out a very exasperated sigh and uh put the piece away and open the door and just kind of extend his arm out as in like a well, better come on in. And who do we see on the other side of this door when he opens it? Uh, so Silas has a sister, uh, Lissa, and uh, she works in animoid research. So she's uh, got a nice, uh, decent paying job. Uh, unfortunately has a bit of a drug habit to kind of sustain her work ethic so on kind of a lot of uppers um, and uh, unfortunately Silas and his sister do not uh, get along too well so their relationship is a little strained what does she look like? Uh, she is probably about three inches taller than him, so probably skirting around six feet tall. Uh, very wiry, um, and very, uh, kind of messy brown hair that's pulled back in a very messy ponytail. Just like think of the most worked out uh you know uh pre-med student mm -hmm. type look um and yeah has has developed a little bit of a of a tremor okay is she older or younger uh she is the younger sister how old is she uh, she's probably in her uh, late 20s because Silas is uh, in his uh, late 30s okay you open the door and uh, Lissa gives you kind of a awkward tense smile and uh, she walks in after you extend your arm out and she says uh, good to see you what's going on Lissa What happened? Uh, no, no, nothing happened. I can't. I can't come say hi to my brother. You never come say hi to me unless something's happened. So, can we just not go through that, and you just let me know what's going on? She gives a kind of a equally exasperated sigh, kind of rolls her eyes. And she crosses her arms and leans up against the wall. And uh, she's kind of looking down at her feet as she speaks. She says, um, I was, uh, you know, I was just hoping I could, uh, uh, maybe just borrow a little bit of, uh, chinyan. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you back. Um, and she kind of looks up at you, like, kind of. Like with her, uh, like her tongue kind of like on her teeth, kind of like tensely waiting for your answer. 
Is this just gonna be how it is every time I see you? It's just for a handout. Well, hey, you know, you don't you don't ever come by my place now, do you? When's the last time you stopped by to see how I was doing? I know how you're doing. And the last time, every time I try and talk to you about what's going on with you, you push away. And so I just, I, I stop reaching out. Uh, she looks down at her feet again. Looks like she's not sure what to say to that. Uh, Silas would kind of sigh and uh, very sharply reach for uh, money to hand her. And uh, as he was doing so, uh, would just before she would reach out, he pulls back and um, says... This is the last time before we have that talk, okay? She just kind of nods, kind of her eyes darting between your hand holding the chin yen and back to your eyes. Yeah, and Silas would hand it out. She takes it, puts it in a, like her front jeans pocket. And uh, she says, uh, th thanks, I, I, I appreciate that. And she stands there for a moment. And there's this awkward silence between the two of you. And finally she goes, so, um, so how, how are you doing? What's, what's going on? How's work? Uh, Silas would kind of uh, lift his head up a bit as if to like, you know, have something click and then would turn to her and say uh, what do you know about Animoid Row? Well, there's a lot to know. Animoids of all types you can find down there. Why? Uh, how about the Aurelian? Well, let's and see uh, as, he's, as he's asking he would uh, be like making coffee. Okay. She says, uh, I've heard of his shop. Uh, he's, or I've heard of him. He has a shop by the same name in Animoid Row. Specializes in uh, butterflies. I heard he's one of the best. Been around hmm. for a long time. Just like, has it got something to do with the case you're working on? Yeah. We're trying to figure out the, the importance of, uh, butterflies you know her place wasn't where we're you know casing a suspect's place and you know there wasn't much in there but what stuck out was a couple of uh, blue butterflies so she asked you to describe them more uh ooh I mean, so would Silas, uh, would it be against regulation for him to show her the photo of the butterflies? 
Uh, I mean, it could be considered in some cases, but, you know, it's also not like a graphic piece of evidence or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's like if you showed somebody, you know, a picture of like somebody's pet, like, you know, it kind of kind of teeters the line. Okay. Well, yeah, he would uh, he would think about it and then just show her. She takes a look at it. She goes, wow, pretty. Yeah, these are... These look pretty uh, convincing. I mean, you know, animals and, you know, and things like that, everything has different symbols, but you know, it could be something specific to uh, the owner. Maybe they just like the way they look. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what most people just get an animoid for is because we don't have real pets, so it's the next best thing. Right. And, uh, butterflies would be easy to take care of even if they were real, you know? Not a whole lot to clean or feed. Yeah, Silas would be kind of just nodding along, listening. Yeah, she looks at the picture a little bit more, but, you know, she doesn't really have much more to, to say other than uh, than those sorts of things. You know, without any other context, she doesn't really, you know, she's not a butterfly expert, so. But she can instantly tell when she looks at it that they're, they're animoids and not real. Okay. Yeah, so, so uh, Silas would kind of put the... Uh, uh, evidence away and just uh, kind of uh, give her a like a mug if she wanted it and uh, turn and start grabbing his things and say uh, well I better get back on this uh, good of you to stop by say hi she says yeah thanks uh, thanks she, you can tell she's kind of mentioning both the coffee and the, the money. And please yeah. deduct one point of Chin Yen from your character sheet. Uh, but you will get a point of uh, resolve back if you uh, were missing any because you did manage to actually get some sleep and your interaction with Lissa was not as terrible as you thought it might be. Mm -hmm. All right. Meanwhile, as uh, you know, as, as you two have slept through the morning shift, we'll switch over to Hector and Garrick. So it is morning the next day. So shift number one of day two and the two of you are up and ready to go while your companions are taking a break what is it the two of you are going to do next i guess i'll start by filling garrick in on on the call from last night and uh sort of the the details of styles and potentially leah going into the aurelian um and that we may or may not have a lead at the Esper Wall. 
we can find footage of them there, which might be erased. <laughs> um, if if we do split up, though, I guess would it be possible if the Esper Wall is a bit of a dead end to like pull information on what the Blade Runners were doing the night of the like what their job was? The night yeah, you the you could potentially access that through the mainframe, which could be done at the same time as going through the Esper Wall. Uh, two things I want to point out for the two of you. Uh, Garrick, you would have official word that your request to get access to the Wallace Replicant Records database has been approved. Right. And if you would like to, you can go to Wallace Corp and they will let you have access to that. Um, second, the bullet fragment that you recovered from the crime scene uh, should be done being processed at this point so that you could check up on as well. Okay. Um, well, that could also probably be done at the same time uh, if somebody stays here to work the Esper wall in the uh, uh, the mainframe. Uh, well, Hector, I, I'll take some t time at the uh, LAPD, look at the mainframe and the Esper wall while you go mingle with the regulars, I guess. I can check out the shop. That sounds like a plan. All right. Let me know if anything comes up. All right. Well, we'll start with Garrick as Hector takes off and makes their way to uh, elsewhere. Okay. So cool. you're here. Where do you want to start? Uh, I guess we'll check the Esper wall. All right. I will need a promotion point, and then I'm going to need a... Uh, you can make a tech roll with advantage to access, but because the Esper Wall is restricted, you have to spend a promotion point to get access, basically. Can I give a call to Silas and ask him to get me in? Uh, you just want, basically, to have him spend one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, if I can yeah. do that from afar, absolutely. Well, I mean... I mean It'll probably take a little time, but, you know, considering it's a whole shift work worth of work, um, we can well, assume that maybe he can do that, unless, Matt, you've got something. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've got to pay it forward. I could use the promotion point this time. Oh, okay, yeah. And since but, I'm up anyway. Yeah, okay. that'd probably be faster, because he... Keep in mind, this is while him and Lee, uh, Violet are asleep. Right, resting, right. So, okay, yeah. Uh, regardless, as long as somebody pays a promotion point, you can have access. Not a big deal. Guys are on the same team and on the same case, so I don't think it'd be that big of a problem. Okay, I will roll a tech test with advantage. I'm gonna push that because no successes. Yeah, it's rough. That's rough. Oh, Super and it cool. takes a point of stress damage or resolve right off the bat with the oh, roll. No real successes. Do so, Garrick, you search and search for hours. And you realize after probably an hour or two of just pulling your hair, the footage has probably been overwritten at this point. You're like maybe within 30 minutes of like the time that it would have been overwritten. Shit. All right. Um, so then needed to check out the bullet 
fragment or the casing? Well, it's a caseless shell, I guess. Yeah. So that's uh, you. You can uh, go down and talk to Coco if you'd want, because it'd be down in the crime lab there. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll go see our very professional-looking Coco. <laughs> All right. We get down back to uh, the crime lab, and he is uh, sitting at a table. He's got, uh, like, a microscope that he's looking into, and you see that uh, the uh, the cat, the LAPD cat Biscuits, is lounging over on a table nearby, keeping an eye on you sharply as you walk in. Coco uh, looks over his shoulder. Ah, good morning, Garrick. What uh, can I do for you? I suppose you're here about the bullet you uh, brought in yesterday? Ding ding, Coco. That's why I'm here. Ah, well, it appears it is as we expected. It is a 44 caliber caseless round, and I can pretty much guarantee this came from a blaster. All right. Um, there's uh, just Sean asking Chris. There's no way to tell, like, who was given which ammunition, right? They don't have like. Mm, not unless you had the weapon that this was fired from. Then, then they could test to make sure it was fired from that gun. But all he can tell you is that it's the type that a blaster would use, and you do know that. The ammunition that the LAPD blaster uses is pretty unique uh, because your blaster has three firing modes. Mm-hmm. And so the, the 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 one that he's referring to is the basic ammunition that you would use if you're trying to, to kill somebody or put them down. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it is a revolver in a sense, um, but it's a special type of ammunition. And he says, yeah, the... Um, it uh, it definitely came from a blaster, uh, either either here or potentially uh, you know, from a third party source. Coco, did uh, we ever recover Sanders' blaster? Yes. Is there any way we can test to see if his blaster fired a shot? Oh, I've already done that. Come on, no. So. Uh, not uh not that night not recently all right then it's Gun, the gun was the gun was still full no no expent uh casings or anything like that all right then it's looking like leah or at least leah's gun shot sandor hmm that's a uh a troubling thought. thought yeah let's not spread that around of course not. Well, um, was there any like, I guess, blood on the the casing, the shell casing? No. Okay, so there's no, no. way to make sure that like this is the bullet that killed Sander. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm no firearms expert, so I don't know if like in reality, if if there would be. But if there is, or if there would be, then yes, there's blood and it matches Sandor. Okay. It's definitely, definitely the shot it, that killed him. Yeah, there's the bullet. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I guess that's all I needed. Thanks for your help. Good luck. I hope, uh, I hope it's not what we think it is. 
Me too. So he'll leave and he'll try to like sort of almost pet the cat. Oh, it takes off as soon as you start walking towards it and it disappears down the hallway. Damn, she really does only like you. <laughs> uh, I've been trying that for a while. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate enough she stays in the same room with me at this point, but... <laughs> All right, well, you take care. And then he'll go back up. All right. Was there anything else you were going to check while you're here? Uh, he would like to try to find out what case... Leah and Sandor were like working oh, on. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, Would it be possible to use like a connections talking to various people in the, the department? Yeah, because you might not necessarily have access to their case files depending mm -hmm. what they were working on. So, yeah, give me a connections roll and we'll go from there. Okay, one success. <laughs> Not yep. gonna push that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you uh, you are able to find uh, uh, you know, there's another another person that'll give you access to that, and or it's probably in the mainframe or something like that. And you know, being Blade Runners, their stuff is restricted, so a regular officer beat cop probably would not be able to have access to this. However, you yourself being a Blade Runner and also being assigned to this case that they're part of you definitely would uh, have access to this. So you do find that they were, it's mostly general information, but they were, they suspected that there was some activity from the Replicant Underground going on through or at the Snake Pit. And it seems like that's why they had been there several times, was to basically investigate, stake it out, follow up on that sort of thing, and see uh, what was happening. There's probably a few notes about suspicions or, you know, what they suspect might be going on, but there's nothing, um, there's like nothing hard or, or certain in the notes. Okay. Or, you know, it, it's possible they have notes elsewhere that you don't have access to or you don't know where they are or they stored somewhere else or maybe just kept it in memory, but... Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. They don't have, like, a desk or an office I can rummage through? Or that's probably where I'm finding all their stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty basic. Alright. Um... And can I look up where Sanders' apartment would be, where he lives? Uh, you could, but I will just I'll just point it out. It has nothing to do with this investigation. Never mind. So we'll, we'll break the the wall there for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's there's nothing to find there. Okay. Well, um, last thing he would do is he would ping pretty much everybody and just let them know. Uh, bullet casing we found came from a, a blaster, and it. It looks like it came from Leah's, so if you see her, be careful. Don't want to add another Blade Runner to her list. Okay. Well, as this is going on, uh, Hector, you hop in a spinner, and where exactly are you heading? Uh, I think I was going to go s straight down to the uh, Animoid Row. Gotcha. And check out okay. the Aurelian. Alright. Well, we'll go back to uh, this scene here, then. So, 
another dreary day in Los Angeles, 2037, as you make your way through the quote-unquote sun uh, rising upon the city. It's still foggy and hazy, but it's not dark. It's just, uh, or it's not night. It's just dark. And you make your way over to Animoid Row, where we saw Violet land the previous evening. And now we see a much more busy area of the street. Uh, traffic congesting the street itself. Metro cabs taking fares to and from this area. You see plenty of people bustling. The food stalls are filled with steam and heat rising off of them as they're preparing meals and breakfasts for people. And you see many of the shops beginning to open with their signs being turned on and various people opening the doors, opening the blinds, you know, uh, removing these security shutters, just like uh, if you were at a mall and it was beginning to open. Kind of a similar scene here. What do you do when you get here? Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to casually walk up and take a look at the Aurelian. Sort of like, I guess, mill about what, say, seven star prawns? Um, and see if anybody goes in or out the door. Or if it's, if it's just open, I'll probably... I'll it is open. Door. What you see is there is... If you zoom in on the map, you can actually see what the sign looks like. It's a... It's right here. It's a vertical sign from top to bottom. At the top, there is a digital butterfly in, like, a blue hologram-type uh, look. And then beneath that, uh, vertically going down, uh, is a variety of, uh, I believe it's uh, Chinese lettering, uh, which labels it. And then underneath that, you can't see it even if you zoom in, it's really hard. But just beneath that, it says the Aurelian in uh, in English. And those that and the, uh, the Chinese writing are all in uh, red letters. And that's sticking off the side of, yep, that part right there. That's sticking off the side of the uh, the shop, just above the door. And it is open. You can see the, the sign is on. It's lit. And you can see that the there's light on inside the store as well. Sounds good. Well, I'll uh, hop on in and see if anybody's manning the shop. Okay. Yeah, what uh, what you see when you get inside is just a, a small, pretty simple-looking store. And you walk in the, the main door here, and uh, immediately to the left of the door is the front window. You can see that there is the front desk or counter. And then along the three walls are a variety of shelves all filled with a variety of different species of butterflies in various jars of various sizes and styles. And you can, uh, there's a chair behind the main counter. And in that chair, you see that there is an older looking man who is here. And let me give you his, uh, his profile picture here. Make sure it's the right one. Yeah, okay. So you see a older looking man. He is bald with a very wrinkled, furrowed brow. 
He's got very thick, white, gray, bushy eye, uh, eyebrows. Just a little bit of uh, hair on his chin and under his lip. Very, very close-shaven. Um, skin's a little bit darker, as though perhaps he's had a, a very heavy tan. And he's wearing a tattered black with white pinstriped uh, suit jacket with uh, a white dress shirt underneath and a kind of a dilapidated red bow tie. And you see that he's sitting there at the, uh, the chair. He's got his hands up on the top of a cane that he's got in front of him. And uh, he turns in your direction when you come through the door. Uh, but you can tell it doesn't seem like he's really looking at you, but looking in your direction. And you can see as you get closer... It looks like he's probably blind. You see his eyes are very heavily cataract with that kind of milky white look. And they don't really focus on anything in particular as you walk in. You just hear him go, Oh, oh uh, hello? Can I help you? Morning, sir. I was wondering about a particular species of butterfly. Or more, of course, an animoid, but uh, there's just a coloration pattern I had seen uh, that really captivated me, and I was hoping to uh, learn more about them. Oh, well, you've come to the right place. Please come in. Uh, I sort of like amble up to the counter and then hold my hand on my chin for a bit. Uh, I was hoping originally to just show him a picture of the other butterflies. Okay. And now... Uh, well, keep in mind, you don't know how blind oh, he like is. <laughs> He, he might be, like, totally that. blind, or he might be able to see something, you know? Yeah. Might, even like, if you're quote-unquote legally blind, you might actually be able to see something up very, very, very close, or with a microscope or a magnifying glass, so it all depends. It's like a, a, a friend of mine had purchased these, uh, and I'll show him a picture from the... Uh, so you, you you know you hold out your key or whatever and you can tell that when you hold it out he obviously doesn't see it but he realizes that you're probably showing him something and he you see he kind of fumbles around with his hand trying to find what you're you're showing him and then uh, assuming you let him he then he, you know he can feel it and he kind of brings it up really close and he says you'll have to excuse me my eyesight isn't what it used to be and you can see that he's looking very intently squinting his eyes. And he says, mm, can you describe them to me? That often helps. Uh, yeah. I'll actually, like, take a quick look around the room to see if there's anything on the shelves that, that would be a, a shortcut. Yeah, definitely. Sort of there's You see a couple things that look pretty similar, if not identical. Oh, these, uh, sort of blue speckled sort. Uh... Like the ones in this corner, on the third row. He says, oh, you must be speaking of the blue morpho butterfly. 
Yes, yes, those. He says, um, he's, uh, he, he actually kind of makes sure that you have whatever you're handing him. He, like, puts both hands on it to make sure you've got it before he lets go. And then he gets up and, you know, he's um, using the cane. Not, he doesn't seem like totally crippled or anything, but he's definitely using it a little bit as he walks over to one part of the store. And he, he looks up at that and he says, uh, uh, yes, right here. Um, yes, these were the largest butterflies ever. Usually between five to eight inches in, uh, in width at their, their widest point. Beautiful creatures, vivid iridescent coloring uh, they have tiny microscopic scales on their on the backs of their wings which reflect light I've tried to capture that in my work as you can see Quite it's a shame we don't have them around anymore they were the largest you say how big uh, as I said, about five to eight inches in wingspan. Interesting. And he, you know, as he holds up the jar, he says, uh, my renditions here should be more or less accurate. Uh, maybe, maybe give or take an inch or so, considering, and he kind of points at his eyes. Quite impressive work you've done here. Thank you. Uh, Would you care to buy one? Well, I I believe I might, but before that, I had a couple other questions. Uh, sure. I, this friend of mine, uh, honestly more of a co-worker, uh, has gone missing, and uh, I was wondering if she had uh, come through here sort of, uh, maybe early 30s, short red hair, kind of, like, continue through Leah's description. Mm, you know, it doesn't ring a bell, um, I mean, I do get a good amount of foot traffic here, though, so, especially with my eyesight, I can't really keep track of everyone. about uh well actually kind of out of character here do i have a recording of any of the conversation with styles that i could like play hey this is his voice <laughs> do you recognize this guy which conversation are you referring to uh literally any conversation with styles i just, <laughs> just i don't like as a... I, I don't recall anyone recording any conversation with him and there was so I no, that explicitly happened, but yeah, yeah. no, or just no, was the casual. One. No, no one specifically said they were recording him, so I imagined they were not. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't think I could really describe him in a way that would be helpful. Uh, I guess can I like snoop around for like a upstairs, a secret passage, or something like that? Sure. Give me an observation test, please. That's, uh... Not that bad. Alright, two successes. Okay. 
Uh, you're looking around, and you do not see uh, anything of the sort. You don't see, like, a, a back room, so to speak, or, like, a hidden latch or anything that would uh, make it look like there's something above. You could tell these buildings all have probably apartments and such above them, but it looks like this particular shop doesn't have access to something directly from here. That's one other angle. Um, I'll ask him, uh, sir, he seemed to have something of an affinity for, uh, I suppose, what some might say, artificial life, and can certainly see the beauty in it. Uh, would you perhaps be able to help a replicant who has fallen on tough times? Oh, I don't quite follow what you mean. Well, it's hard to say. There's there's a lot of strife in the city, and sometimes people are just looking for, for a place where they can feel safe. I, I wish I could, but uh, my only comfort that I can offer is my work here. I'm sure I've sold to a few replicants in my time, but that's about the extent of my uh, charity. appreciate your time. Uh, I think I'll have to return. Uh, uh, I think I'm getting a call and I'm pulling the, the uh, Kia out and and walk out the door and phone into uh, Garrick and be like, I'm completely flabbergasted <laughs> as what to do out here. Yeah, you can you can call him when you're outside if you want. Yeah, I think I'll do that. I need All right. to bounce some ideas off of some. So, oh, Derek, hey, perhaps uh, as you're getting done, getting ready to bash the Esper wall in. <laughs> Stupid fucking keyboard. Never type. Oh, hey, uh, Hector, what's up? <laughs> hey, yeah. So I'm calling in. I've uh, talked to the proprietor of the Aurelian. Uh, quite a nice fellow uh, completely blind it seems uh, and I just, I'm not really sure what would bring Leah or Styles into this establishment it's quite lovely the animoids that are out here um, but he just seems to be a nice fellow and talented craftsman yeah. But not necessarily particularly sympathetic to replicants or well, uh, nothing interesting over here. I might if he's blind. Take down the other doors. 
Yeah, if he's blind, does he have, like, cameras in there to make sure people aren't stealing? That's an interesting question. He does not. You would. You did not see any cameras. Okay. okay. I did to take a, a good look around. <laughs> um, I imagine they're just sneaking past his poor blind well, eyes into some secret door. But... When, um, when I looked through Sandor and Leah's previous case, they were looking into information on possibly the replicant that was like a replicant underground right Chris I'm sorry say that again Sandor and uh, Leah were looking into the replicant underground right yeah okay so I mean maybe when people ask him about replicants he doesn't act like he cares but maybe this is a front for the replicant underground and Silas was coming here because he's part of it and Leah came to inspect it. Hmm. Unfortunately, all the um, Esper Wall footage seems to have been overwritten at this point, so I can't really tell you anything about that, but... Um, yeah, that's maybe it. Maybe as a part-timer who comes in and helps. I mean... Seemed like he was the guy. He he knew what what was what in the shop, and now uh, yeah, this is all very confusing. What'd you I find guess... out about the? Uh, uh, I guess the butterflies. Well, the butterflies are a large morpho butterfly, one of the largest of its kind. Um, extinct, as you might have guessed. Uh, I think that was about it. They have, like, something about their scales? Or they have, like, scales for wings or something? They have little scales, like, kind of scales on the back of their wings, which reflect light and make them kind of shimmer. Right. Well, um, I mean, if he, he doesn't know anything and he can't really see people, might be a good cover. Maybe want to scope it out later at night? Perhaps. I'll, I'll take a look around some of the adjacent shops to see if they have seen something else. Uh, yeah, maybe ask around, see if they've seen specific people going into that shop? Yeah. It's something. I'm not here anyway. Um, Chris, would Garrick be able to, to try to scan, not the previous time, before when Leah and Sandor were, or not Sandor, uh, Styles might have been there, but in the last like, day to see if he sees any footage of suspicious people going in and out of the, um, butterfly shop? Yes, you could. Give me another tech at advantage. Well, okay. I can't spend another promotion point, we'll assume. Still have access. <laughs> okay, I'll give this a shot. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No successes. Um, I'm gonna push that. I'm gonna take a point of at least a point of resolve. But if we yep. can get a success here, there we oh. go. Another point of resolve taken. Love to see it. Man, that's how we started off, dude. Bro, you're getting your ass whipped by a computer right now. Yeah, he's a people <laughs> person. He's <laughs> not a computer person. All right. Oh, that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, you're uh you don't find anything as you spend some more time furiously uh punching in commands and getting, you know, data not found, access denied, no data to be examined, data yeah. overwritten. He's just doing breathing exercises, <laughs> squeezing squeezing a stress ball until it explodes all over the screen. <laughs> Please specify parameters. Please specify parameters more. <laughs> uh, Hector, what else would you like to do while you're here? I guess I'll just go next door uh, and talk to people in, let's say, animal memories. Okay. And what uh, what are you asking? What are you trying to find out here? It's a great question. I guess, uh, I don't know if I could, like, casually float uh, what it's like being next to the <laughs> uh, the Aurelian. There's Give me a, a connections roll. Okay. And then tell me specifically what you're trying to do or find out or ask. You've got one success. Are you happy with that, or do you want to push? Uh... I'm gonna leave that, I guess. No, okay. I'll, I'll push one. Okay, cool. Nice, two successes. So okay. So yeah, I, I guess what I'm thinking is to ask around and and see um, if there's any unusual activity like late at night next door like caused any sort of noise or uh how how busy is it generally people buying a lot of butterflies out there so you uh you go next door and the shop owner is a middle-aged woman probably like in her mid to late 40s and she as you start talking and asking her some questions and things like that, maybe show her some pictures or, or something like that. You got a critical success here, so that's good. She uh, uh, she says, well, um, nothing like that. You know, I, uh, the Aurelian mostly keeps to himself. He keeps a pretty quiet shop. Uh, he does get a good amount of foot traffic, though. I would say he's probably got some more of the popular things here on Animoid Row. He's got some of the best work. I mean, anybody... Anybody who's around here has heard of him or knows about him, and he's he's been here forever. Uh, but I've never really seen anything uh, suspicious or anything like that. But um, I, I do recognize this woman in the photo, uh, referring to uh, Leah. Uh, I've seen her a couple times in the last few uh, last week, weeks, weeks. You know, I've seen her a few times uh, coming there. I know she left at least once. She had purchased something. And uh, I've seen another another man too uh, come and go, and she describes a guy that sounds like Styles. 
I don't know if he's a friend or a relative, maybe, a son or a nephew or something like that, but um, I've seen him come and go. Oh, that's interesting. He, he doesn't seem to purchase anything, though, does he? Uh, not that I've seen. Well, that's good to know. Um, you, I don't suppose you share any customers. They've never come in here for anything. Oh, well, we get plenty of window shoppers who are making their way down the strip, so... Um, yeah, all the time. Okay. I guess, uh, I, kind of out of character, would I know what anim Animal Memories does? <laughs> like, what their uh, deal is? This doesn't give me description, so I'm going to assume that this is a type of shop where you can have memories made for your Animoid so that they react in a specific way, or perhaps recognize you even more as their owner. Hmm. Yes. Okay. That yep. sounds fittingly Blade Runner. Sounds right. <laughs> Probably a waste of money for somebody keeping butterflies. Uh, yeah, you're not sure how that would work with an insect. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel great about, like, trying to lean on a blind guy uh, <laughs> any harder than, than that. They can just be popping in and out. But for what purpose? <laughs> it's a mystery. Hmm. I've been in and out in the past week. <laughs> Let's struggle over here. Okay. Garrick will give Hector a call back. <laughs> okay. Bring, 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 bring. Hey, Hector. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Can you buy one of the, uh, I guess, butterflies that Leah had? Uh, you know what? I might be able to afford one. I suppose um, I'll give you, it a shot. But... I can I can front you the Jinyan if you need. It'll just be a single Chin Yen point, okay. uh, you know, because these are specialized and, you know, he does have kind of a reputation that he's really good at this. So we'll just assume it'll be the equivalent of one Chin Yen point worth of uh, money. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Are you buying one similar to what uh, Leah bought? Yeah, I'll I'll pop back in and, and say, uh, uh, sorry for the interruption, my... Quite all right. Um, but yeah, I, I, as I said earlier, I think it, it would be nice to purchase one of these for myself, the uh, Morpho. Ah, ex excellent choice. And he goes over to the, the wall, and even though he, he, he can't see, obviously he, he's very acute of what's around him in the store, and it's almost like he isn't blind as he gets up there and he you know reaches and gets one. And uh, then he brings it over to the register and he begins to very carefully wrap it in um, kind of that like 
that nice, almost like tissue paper that you have for gifts. And then he puts it in a, a small bag and it's got the uh, the symbol of his uh, shop on the side. And then, you know, you exchange and he gives you the receipt and he says, I appreciate your business, sir. I hope these bring you uh, a little bit of color and, and peace to your your home. Oh, thank you. And I'm gonna, like, scoot backwards and look at the shelf where you remove the thing and, and like, do it. Do a little once over. There's nothing there, it's just an empty shelf. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. Do come back again, it's been a pleasure. Have a good day, sir. And uh, I assume you depart Animoid Row at that point? Yeah, I think I'm gonna. Well. Maybe I'll just uh, sit at one of the tables with my stuff at the moment and, like, okay. watch the door <laughs> angrily, hoping, <laughs> hoping that the case will fumble into my lap. All right. Until someone calls me later. <laughs> well, I can uh, breakfast or whatever. It, uh, let's yeah, see. So you... Not the prawns place. Crown noodles. Okay. What you do see as you sit down, you know, you eventually get your food, you're eating... And eventually, as you're kind of, uh, you know, getting about halfway through your meal, you look up from the table and you see, like, like across the sidewalk, you can see there is a hooded figure that appears to be staring in your direction. You see a very tall man with a black hoodie pulled over his head. And uh, it looks like he's trying to be nonchalant, but you can tell that he's looking in your direction. Okay. Um, he's just looking at me. Uh, I'm going to, like, for a quick beat, continue eating. And then, uh, I guess, push the bowl down the counter and see if I can, like, walk through the normal thoroughfare to get slightly closer to him, casual. Yeah, as you do, you can definitely tell that he's watching you and paying attention to you. And as you start to walk towards him, uh, he puts out a cigarette and he starts trying to casually walk away from you and kind of blend into the crowd. Okay. I think I might uh, uh, escalate here and... Open fire? <laughs> no, not that much. <laughs> uh, quickly try to catch up to him. I Give guess... me a observation as he's actively trying to, uh, you know, hide amongst the crowd. Don't try to use a shortcut. <laughs> well, we're not in the chase. Just... Oh, oh no. Okay, this is opposed, if you'd like to push that. Yeah, I'll push. Woof. Alright, well, that's that's where we're at. Okay, so you take a point of resolve. However, you are a replicant. You can push a second time if you'd like. I don't think that's going to help anybody. Okay. Man, we are just not rolling well tonight. <laughs> so, you 
try to follow him through the crowd and you round a corner and you think that you've lost him. You're looking and you just don't see anything. Uh, and as you're kind of standing there looking around, you, uh, um, someone like bumps into you from the side as they're walking past you from behind. And, you know, kind of like where someone like walks into you with uh, kind of like their shoulder and you're not sure if it's accidental or if it's uh, on purpose, but it, it feels pretty rough when they walk past you and hit and kind of bump into you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna spin around and see if I can look at this person. Well, that, so that, I mean, they walk. They come from behind you, so they walk past you. So they kind of they hit you as they walk past you, and they oh, keep okay. going. So now they're in front of you, walking away, and you see the guy looks over his shoulder and gives you a real dirty look. And uh, keeps walking. Oh, it's just some guy. Well, I can see their face. Yeah. Um, he gives you a scowl. He, uh, you know, he, he's also got a hoodie on, probably like trying to keep out of the rain and such. But I don't know. All right, I'm I'm gonna shout at him. Yeah, you got a problem, Mac? He uh he stops and looks over uh looks over uh his shoulder and he says, What's it to you? Maybe just get out of the fucking way and stop lollygagging around. What do you mean lollygagging? I made it, I'm making a good pace here. You're walking around you've never been outside before. It's Dipshit. not raining. Where's the fire? And he starts to walk away. I'll make a rude gesture. And I guess just like walk briefly in a random direction, hoping that I'd bump into somebody and then just call it a day. <laughs> Not a day day. So but... He he notices the rude gesture gesture and he actually comes back and he's like, You got something to say, buddy? Yeah. Just watch where you're going, bud. It ain't hard. You've been walking all your life, presumably. He gives you a very violent shove to the chest. You don't want to start that, my friend. Oh, no? Why is that? Because I'll put you in a headlock and give you a terrible haircut. Then what will you tell your coworkers the next day? All right. So, without warning, this guy takes a swing at you and cracks you right in the jaw. You're not expecting it. And I don't see anything specific here, so I'm just going to assume it does one point of damage. So sure. you take one point of health damage. Um, well, he didn't get a critical. So criticals don't matter. Okay, yeah, we'll just say you take one damage as he strikes you across the jaw. And then he takes off. Oh, what? Just a sucker punch and run away? I'm gonna try to sprint and tackle him. Okay. Give me a mobility test, please. Exactly my strong suit. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Would you like to push? I don't know. 
there's like a pretty good chance that I will go down if I push this and blow it. So I think I'm going to let it go. Okay. So you, uh, you chase after him, and he makes his way around a corner down an alley, and he's actually not as fast as he probably hopes. You're able to keep up with him. You round the corner down the alley as uh, you're chasing after him, and eventually you actually do kind of catch up to him only because he comes to a dead end, and... You know, there's like some dumpsters at the end of the alley, and he stops, and then he looks back over his shoulder at you. You've got him cornered. All right. I think I'm still gonna I'm gonna tackle him. Okay. Start with that. <laughs> so this would be a hand to hand, and uh, this would be like a grapple. So the way this works is uh, you're gonna make your attack roll here. And then we'll start combat uh, after this goes down. So, um, so in this game, <clears throat> if it's opposed, because when he struck you, you weren't aware, you weren't expecting that, so it was unopposed. But normally, close combat is an opposed test, and uh, so you both roll your close combat, and whoever rolls more successes wins and does damage. Now, instead of doing damage, you can do other stuff, like knocking people to the ground and grappling them and things like that. So uh, let us first roll our opposed test here, and let's uh, let's get a little bit of fight music going. Go ahead, make your roll. Hand-to-hand. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> okay, so three successes... Wow. He, he rolled two. So you do oh, beat okay. him. You don't do a critical, because you have to do at least two or more to get a critical. So um, you can either hit him with an unarmed attack, or you can uh, do like a special maneuver. So you can uh, you can start a grapple if you want, uh, or you can knock him to the ground or push him, uh, basically like to another range bracket. Uh, or if he had something in his hand, you could like knock it out of his hand or wrestle it away from him. Yeah, I think I'm going to start the grapple and then just kind of wrestle a bit. Okay. Be like, what's your problem, guy? All right, so please give me an initiative roll here. Let me put you on the map. Uh, he has a five, you have a nine. So this is... Um, I don't know why it's making you go first, because in this game it's just like Alien. You draw a card one through ten, one being the fastest. So they're actually going to go first. And I believe all he can do is try to break the grapple. Uh, yeah, so he has to try to break the grapple. All right. Now, the benefits here, if you are still grappling him on your turn, you the only thing you can do is either let him go or make a gra another grapple, which either means you can try to do a special attack, like knock him to the ground or something, or... It counts as a melee attack, but he doesn't get to defend himself because he's restrained. Uh, but he's going to try to break out here, so it's going to be another opposed hand-to-hand. -hand. All right. Uh, what do we got here? So you kind of shoulder tackle him a little bit, and uh, he he grabs you, or you grab him, and now he's obviously trying to break loose here. You have one success. One here. success. 
he has two. So he manages to basically throw his arms out and you kind of stagger back and he gets ready to start to fight you. And you see a wicked smile come across his face. Wicked? Mm-hmm. He doesn't draw a weapon or anything yet. He does not. Give me an observation test, please. Yeah, one. You notice out from the shadows behind you two more figures emerge. One of them you do not recognize. The other one is the person you were chasing. It is Styles. And we're going to add them to the initiative as well. Oh boy. We'll keep it the way that we were going. So Styles is last. Uh, he's, he's got a nine. Or I guess a ten, because there is no nine. Yeah, that's weird. How do we go up in numbers? Well, one goes first. I don't know okay. why it's not working. It definitely because doesn't it, think that no, <laughs> in this in this tracker. It, it's going the other way. It works in uh, Alien like that. Anyway, so you notice the one guy uh, that's come up behind you. He like draws out a switchblade, and Styles has like a, a bat that he's you know clacking into his open palm. Or choice coming here, detective. And the one guy is going to lash out with the knife. So you can make an opposed close combat roll here as you try to defend yourself. And would that also be hand to hand? Yes. Cool beans. Okay, do you want to push? Are you happy with one? Um, we'll try for one this time. Okay. It is a tie. Oh, if there's a tie, no one is hit. And only the attacker can push. Okay. Uh, well, so he takes a, a stab with the knife, and you manage to basically grab him by the wrist and keep him from shanking you. However... The other replicant who has uh, was fighting unarmed, he's going to try to grapple you, and I'm going to give him advantage because you are outnumbered right now. You can attempt to defend yourself. Okay. Are you happy with that? One success? Um, that seems like a maybe a good one to push. I'll give it a shot. Uh... <gasps> All right, another tie. This guy comes up behind you. He gets his arms around you, and you basically, like, give him a a headbutt with the back of your head and knock him back so you're not restrained, and then it is your turn. I guess I'm going to call out to Styles. It's like, come on, aren't we all friends here? No need to resort to violence. We just need to talk. We've done enough talking. You stuck your nose in too many places. And you see he's getting ready to swing that bat at you. Um, I'm gonna... 
I guess. Punch the guy with the switchblade and... I guess that's it. I'm gonna punch the guy with the switchblade. Go for it. Okay. He is gonna try to uh, fend you off with the knife. Okay, he only has one success though, so you do get past him and you do a point of damage. You crack him. Score a good hit. But uh, he doesn't look like he's anywhere near finished. Nice. Styles then runs up with the, the club, the bat, takes a swing at you. Okay, so you actually beat him with one. Uh, you duck under the bat and you manage to give him a good punch to the gut. So in this game, uh, whoever wins, with defender or attacker, they do damage to their opponent. So he overswings, and you strike him in the chest, right in the gut, and he uh, lets out, um, you know, you can hear him, like, kind of lose the, the breath for a moment. But then we are back to the top of the round, and it looks like these guys are not about to let up. And the one with the knife comes back at you again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rip. Please roll. Sounds great. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. uh, there is a crit, but it is from Hector. My God. Uh, as, I don't know why your token says Matt. That's not right. Um, somehow, uh, this guy rolled three ones. Oh, brutal. So you actually will score a, uh, a critical here. Well, let's, let's do this. Did that work? There we go. So you do a point of damage because you're using a damage one weapon. And then uh, for every extra point, you can do another point of damage and you score a critical here. Oh, here we go. Unarmed does one damage. The crit dice is equal to your strength. So what is your strength value? I have a D12. Oh, God. God damn. Okay, so the way criticals work in this game, unlike an alien, uh, criticals usually don't happen because you got dropped to zero health. They happen because you get a critical in combat. So since you have two or two successes more than he does, you score a critical. So he's going to take two points of damage, and then you're going to roll a d12. All right, so you're going to do critical injuries crushing. So there's crushing and piercing damage in this game. This is obviously crushing because it's a blunt, blunt object. Um, yep. So this is the the charts are from one to twelve in this game. So having a D twelve means you could potentially get a, a really good score here, depending what you roll. Okay. So I can I think just hit roll, but if it was a lower die, uh, well we'll figure that out later, I guess. Yeah, I don't. There we go. Oh, you can change it in the when that window pops up. Oh, is that what this is? Nope. No. I, okay. I tried rolling and it didn't work. Oh, shit. Uh, right. So I rolled the uh, Broken Fingers. Okay, so Broken Fingers. So it's not fatal, obviously. This is a thing that would it would take a week to heal. And he gets disadvantage to firearms and hand-to-hand -hand combat. So he comes in again with the knife and you grab his wrist and you basically just fold his fingers back. There's an audible crack. He shouts out in pain, drops the knife, and yeah, 
you've uh, you've done that to him. Can I put this on his character sheet? Oh, you can. Excellent. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. However, you have the other replicant to worry about, and I've lost my initiative tracker here. There it is. Guys, are you sure you don't just want to talk? Uh, replicant number two is going to take a swing at you. But this guy's unarmed. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, actually, you know what? At this point, he's going to pull out, like, a small club and try to, like, hit you over the head with it because uh, he realizes you aren't fucking around. What, are they fucking around the whole time? Damn. You'd think they are with these rolls. Gotta learn to read people better. <laughs> All right. Go for it. All right, here we go. Oh. Wow. Three successes. Not only do you beat him, but you get another critical. He only has one success. So two points of damage, and please roll me another critical. Nobody told me you were fucking yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lee over here. This I didn't realize this means that was strength. Jesus. Why did we put you on tech? Right? Concussion. Okay, what does this do? Dude, you're like fucking daredevil. Disadvantage <laughs> to observation and tech. Okay. So this guy takes a swing. He comes up from behind you, tries to bring the club down on your head. As you do you catch his arm over your shoulder and once again you smash the back of your head into his face and he stumbles back holding his head uh, as he's clearly stunned by that and it is now your turn all right well i guess i'm gonna uh, try to go for styles and Just hit the bat out of his arm. <laughs> okay. It's like a disarm sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you can. Um, since you're unarmed, you don't really have to call that until you until you hit him. We'll see what uh. If I just eat eat my own lunch right off the bat. 
like with a roll like that. Oh, that's I'm gonna, that's not great. I'm gonna push that. Okay, that's a lot better. <laughs> okay, so you have three successes, but so does he. As you you try to grab the bat, and he basically uh, pulls it out of your reach, and then he kind of like uh, jabs the back of it at your hand and kind of knocks you back. So nobody takes any damage there, uh, but he looks like he's ready, and uh, then he's gonna follow up. All right, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to have to live with one here. Okay, so he beats you by one. Uh, you're going to take... What is this? Two damage as he hits you, like, in the side, like, between your shoulder and your elbow. And uh, he hits you pretty hard there. But um, it could be worse. You know, he kind of... He's getting ready for another swing. He's like, you had enough yet, copper. I told you stop sticking your nose where it don't belong. And you can see his two friends here are not as uh, confident as they were perhaps a few minutes ago. Uh, but he looks like he is still ready to keep going. On replicants got to stick together. I need to know what happened to Leah. All right. Well, the one guy with the broken fingers uh, picks up his... Uh, knife in the other hand, but he's at disadvantage now because he's using his offhand and his fingers are broken. Now let's see if it does this automatically, because it's showing on the roll that the broken fingers are here. Now, it, it says here that if somebody picks up something from the ground with an active and standing enemy at engaged range, that's one of the triggers for a free attack. Oh, so okay. Him uh, then yeah, he probably wouldn't do that. He'd probably just uh, just punch you. I guess either way, it's just us rolling close combat attacks against each, against each other. It's not like... You know what, though? I'd also say that'd probably be hard to do because you're fighting them three-on-one. There is also and, that, yes. So I, I think he'd be able to pick it up and not get the attack for opportunity because there's three of them. Uh, oh, it just automatically makes me a little disadvantage. Okay, well, here we go. All right. Uh, you tie. So he takes a swipe and you manage to dodge it, maybe he cuts your, your suit jacket a little bit, but he doesn't hit you. The second replicant comes in uh, a little stunned, but still trying to uh, hit you with the bat here. Uh, Nothing. I'm gonna, oh, wait, can you... Can you push if you're the defender? How did that no, work? No, you cannot. Okay, so I guess I get to eat this one. Yes, and he has three successes. Oh, God. So you are going to take four damage and a critical hit here. And oh. his critical is a d10. Well, if I'm at four health now, uh, does that have further implications? Uh, you are broken, so let's do the critical. It's showing two d10. I don't know why. Let me see here. I Because I think there's... Yeah, if you have additional successes, it escalates it. Oh, that's it, right. You get to roll multiple and pick the higher one. I think that's what it is, yeah. Okay, so I have to roll two uh, two crits here. Mm. Okay, so... D10. Two of them. 
I don't know why it's saying styles. Oh, because I have his token selected, that's why. Okay, so we have three broken fingers and three broken fingers. So your fingers are broken as well. I'll put that on your character sheet. You should see it on your combat tab now. And you are at zero health, which means you are broken. And I believe that means you fall to the ground in a state of semi-consciousness. Thick. I know you're not going to die. Okay. If you drop to zero health, you are broken by the damage. This means you fall down or taken out of action. You can crawl and mumble through the pain, but you can't perform any other actions, and you can't roll for any skills. You can't go below zero health, but each further attack that causes damage triggers an automatic critical. So, this guy gets a great swing in and smashes it right down over your hand, breaking some fingers, and then takes another swing and hits you in the chest, and you fall to the ground, collapsing in pain, and you see these guys standing over you, starting to kind of swarm and close in on you like wolves, and everything goes black as you pass out, and I think that is a perfect spot for our break. We'll be right back, folks. Son of a gun. I'll see you guys uh, for the next game that we do. <laughs> man. In a few weeks. <laughs> Why did you not just awesome, shoot them? Man. My aim is terrible. Oh, and my no. strength is pretty good. Bro, he was fucking killing no, it. No, he was he was dunking on them, but like yeah. it's three verse one and he's doing one damage a hit. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny though. I was definitely picturing you like Daredevil just fucking <laughs> Beating some face in crime alley or or yeah. kitchen. Need to get you like one of those nightsticks or stun batons. Oh yeah, that can be your next thing. You can get some fucking batons. Yeah, like a riot shield and a baton. Just go in. Oh, dude. All right, folks, we're back. What a cliffhanger break we had there. So, we are. Now into the second shift of the day. It's afternoon on day two as Violet and Hallbeck, you guys finish up your breakfast, you're meeting with your sister, and you guys are ready to head back and rejoin the group. What do the two of you do? I'd probably call Hallbeck and check in, see where he wants to meet up. Hmm. Hey, morning. Uh, Anything uh, exciting happen? <clears throat> no. Nothing exciting at all. Uh, what? Why don't we meet at the station? We'll figure out where to go from here or from there. All right. Ten four. Okay. Uh, you guys gonna go meet up then? Yeah, I'll hang up and I'll uh, get ready and I'll head out. Okay, we'll assume you either meet up with Garrick or you get everybody on a group call as you guys are making your way towards uh, the tower. Uh, Garrick, you're finishing up. You've just gotten off the phone with uh, uh, 
Hector not too long ago as he said he was checking out the Aurelian. And uh, yeah, what do the three of you guys do once you reconnect? Uh, well, Garrick would bring him into, I guess they have like a private office they can talk in. Sure. Yeah. So, um, boss, Violet, we checked the shell and, uh, that we found at the crime scene, the snake bit. It definitely belongs to one of our guns and Sandor's gun didn't have anyone, any shells missing. So looks like it's Leah's. We can pretty much guarantee at least her gun killed Sander. Okay. Their, uh, the, the last case they were working on had to do with the replicant underground. So, currently Hector's out at the uh, butterfly shop trying to drum up leads, see if anything from Leah's apartment those butterflies matches or we can get anything. Okay. Do you hear Hello? back from him at all? I mean, I talked to him like 20 minutes ago. He should be fine. Ah, okay. All right. What's your next moves? Uh, do we hear anything? Do we hear anything back from Wallace Corp about uh, anything into this Styles guy? Yeah, the data's available. Just have to go and take a look at the records. Okay. Maybe we'll have somebody do that. And... Let's see. Uh. I'd say we should look into this, uh, into the memory designer. I think Lilith is our biggest lead right now. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to be at the Wallace Corp necessarily. If she works out of there, really don't know much about her. She's a private contract, as far as we know. Yeah. Well, we can ask around. The Wallace Corp should be able to tell us, right? Something gives me a feeling they're not going to be so helpful. Probably not. But if they implanted human memories in Leah or one of their prime memory designers did, got to try to find out why. So what's the, what do we want to do? Who wants to go where, I guess? I'd like to go to Wallace Corp. But I don't know if I'm the best one to speak to Miss Quell. Garrick, I would point out that um, you're the one that made the request for the records. So, uh, so I you go. would assume that you at least should go. Because if you send someone your place, that'll probably cause problems. Okay. Or, or delay things as you get it all straightened out. Right. Well, I should... Since I put the request in, I'll probably go with, you know. We can talk to Quell and take a look at the records all at the same time. Um. Well, Violet, I wonder if you uh, follow up on 
uh, Lilith. Be wherever she is and go pay her a visit. Well, presumably she'd be at Wallace Corp. It's where she works. Us? Yeah. Anyone, anyone, uh. <laughs> Makes should, sense, yeah. This all tracks. We should tell Hector where we're going. Maybe he can meet up with us. There, it's probably more that. Not dead. <laughs> unconscious. Not dead. It's <laughs> like 37 unconscious well, going on. Uh, listeners, uh, Hector's uh, token is just showing how unconscious he is right now. Which is very. <laughs> um, so one yeah, one so... thing. Oh, go for it. Sandor and Leah were investigating the replicant underground, and then big ass guy we think might be a replicant made contact, and Leah shot Sandor. Kind of thinking at this point she might might be part of the underground. But she might also not. She was wigging out, so to speak. I mean, we can assume that she did shoot him, but it might have been involuntary. Well, I mean, those those baseline tests are to make sure that your you replicants aren't getting overly emotional, right? Yep, and she failed about three of them and was recalibrated, so there's right. something wrong with her programming. Or she's just feeling lots of emotions, like maybe she should join the underground. I could hard be to say. too. Yeah. I'm just saying, hard to say, but, but yeah. those would be my two theories. If we see her, though, she might shoot us, so be careful. We should assume she's dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Alright, let's buzz Hector, see if uh, he's got any leads or anything good happened. You get no response when you message Hector or try to call him up. Hmm, that's weird. I'm just having a real bad time with all this technology today. <laughs> you see his office, there's just a shattered keyboard on his desk. <laughs> Must have been playing WoW. Yeah, yeah, that, that goddamn new raid just can't beat it. <laughs> hmm. It's not answering. Maybe give him five minutes. Yeah. Do we want to swing by and scoop him up? Or leave him a message to meet us there? Well, I mean, he took a spinner, so... He should be good to get there by, his, by himself, right? Yeah. Give him a little bit of time, you know. He should he should answer. Okay, so what are you guys gonna do? Who's going where? Who's doing what? Uh, I think Garrick and Violet are going to Wallace Co. Okay. Yeah. And I heard you guys mention something about uh, Lilith Tyrell. Well, presumably she would be at Wallace Co. Right. So we kind of want to investigate her, talk to her. So you you guys know, according to the article and what you've learned so far, 
is that she works at a memory lab designing memories. And it also says that she's a contractor for Walls Corporation. So um, you guys would all know enough or you could easily look up that she has her own memory lab called Lilith Memory Labs that you could go visit. She doesn't work work on site at Wallace Corporation. I'd say Violet should go there then. All right. Yeah, that sounds right. Where's Holbeck? Garrick. uh, Yeah, so Garrick's going to Wallace then. Uh, And then uh, Holbeck is going to... uh, visit the uh the chief okay well you guys part ways and (laughs) we'll stick here in the lapd tower as you make your way up to the floor where the chief's office is and once again you uh walk past the uh uh the secretary i forget her name i think we called her jenny earlier uh And she says she sees you and gives you a wave. She says, uh, "He's in there. He's in a bit of a mood." Uh, Silas would uh, take his hat off and kind of nod at her, and just walk in and shut the door behind him. Yeah, you uh, you see that he gets off the phone and he he slams uh, slams down on the button to end the vid call that he's on. And he looks at you, once again wheezing. <gasps> what is it, Hallbeck? Make it fast. Hope you got something good to tell me. Look, Chief, this Skylar guy—he's gonna be trouble. I—I—I I, I bought us a—I bought us time, but you know he's sitting on this powder keg. And you know, the more we investigate, the more it's looking like it could possibly be true. And this would start. This would start everything all over again with these people. Tell me something I don't know, Hallbeck. Why the fuck are you here in my office telling me this? I think uh, Silas would would sit down uh, and start fidgeting with his hat because he's kind of dancing around the notion that uh, you know Skylar is the type of guy that might have to be. Uh, told to be quiet and he's not sure he's uh, hit that that level yet well what do you say to the chief because he obviously looks pissed and annoyed that you're here and not out solving the case yeah uh, look chief you said to you said to keep you updated so that's the biggest deal right now is I got to keep tabs on this guy. You still got a Kia that fucking works, don't you? Send me a goddamn message and get your ass back to work. <gasps> uh, he'd look fucking, at the chief. Fucking got Quell asking me where the fuck you guys are. <gasps> I heard Garrick put in a request for something and then he isn't even there. What the fuck are you guys doing? Garrick's on the way right now. Yeah, he should have been on the way six hours ago. Do I have to hold your hand and do your fucking job for you? Get out. Uh, Silas would. Uh, I get, said uh, get out. Yeah. <laughs> He'd walk out. 
And uh, he he gets up as you leave, and he slams the door shut behind you. And you see Jenny goes, um, Afternoon, Detective. <laughs> He'd uh, put his hat on and tip it towards her and walk out the rest of the office. Okay. And what are you going to do for this shift? Uh, I would once again try and hail Hector. There's no response. I mean, is there like, you know, like a GPS or or whatever on his uh, spinner or his person? Probably on the spinner, I would imagine. You'd probably just have to uh, call up dispatch and put in a request for them to track it. Okay. Garrett did tell you that he was at the, the butterfly shop on Anamorph, okay. like wherever that Anamorph. Well, I mean, he would he would start headed out that way, but he would still put in a request to make sure. I don't think so. I think that's something simple enough for basic security. It would seem weird to me if they didn't. So, yeah, I mean, you know where he went, and you would have the location of the spinner itself, so you can see exactly where he landed it. Okay. All right. Uh, I think we will start with Garrick hopping in your spinner and making your way to the oppressive dominating form of the Wallace Core HQ. Once again, going through some checkpoints into that same underground uh, garage that you went to before and being led by what you're guessing is the same replicant who met you guys the first time mm -hmm. and then bringing you up to uh, uh, you know, up to uh, to meet with once again everyone's favorite NPC Miss Miss Quell. Miss Quell. She is uh once again dressed very nicely. She's in a different outfit this time. Uh looks much more like business formal, like perhaps she's got a, a meeting or something to go to. Um she's got her hands gently crossed in front of her as she's uh you know kind of clasped as she's standing uh waiting for you. Yeah, Detective so. Johnson. So nice of you to join me. Miss Quell, pleasure's mine. Your request made it seem like this was urgent, yet here we are waiting. I'm beginning to doubt the sincerity of your efforts to get this case solved in a timely manner. And after she says that, she turns and indicates for you to follow her as she... Wonderful. You're not sure if she follows. expects an answer or not. Now he doesn't give an answer, just accepting the reaming he's getting from both his boss and this person. You quietly walk down the halls, your footsteps echoing. And uh, after a few moments in silence, she says, nothing to say. No oh, excuses or reasons. Plenty of reasons. None that would probably make you any happier, so... On that, we can agree. I'm a very busy person here, Detective. I made sure that your request went through. You stated that it was urgent, and seeing as how urgent this case is to us here at Wallace Corporation, I made sure it was at the top of the priority, yet you rudely waltz in here, it seems, whenever you feel like it, which makes me think your request perhaps was not so urgent. 
no, I guarantee this is definitely a suspect. At this point, you make your way through a door and we see a scene similar to what we see in 2049 when Officer K meets with the, the bald reception clerk in that big open area. And eventually, Quell takes you to a similar area where we see Kay meet up with um, with Love, and she has, like, the little uh, Santa Crystal data thing, that little ball that goes into the computer to kind of check records. Um, so you're in a room similar to that. Cold, steel, very oppressive room. There's several monitors and a big, uh, you know, keyboard display terminal. And she walks over to it, and uh, she says, Fortunately, there's not much to go on, since all you have is a description and no sort of serial number. Uh, however, I can show you a few things. And she brings up uh, a profile, and uh, she goes through a couple, and eventually, maybe on the second or third one, you see one that looks pretty similar, if not identical to Styles. She says, do any of these match the description of your suspect? Yeah, and he'll point to the one that looks similar, if not exactly like Styles. That looks just like him, actually. Hmm. Well, pray to say that uh, this is a Nexus 8 model. So this was before Wallace Corporation truly started developing replicants. We have some records. Not all of them are complete, of course, because of the blackout and Tyrell's meddling and incompetence. I can confirm this is a series of replicants. However, without more specific information, I don't think I'll be able to provide you with anything beyond that. Right. If you weren't aware, uh, some replicants are made as a model line. Multiples of the same replicant made over and over that look practically identical. It's less yeah. expensive that way to customize them to all be unique, at least in the physical sense. Okay. Well, uh, Miss Qual, I appreciate that. And since you'd previously asked for updates, it'd be remiss of me not to share. One of these... She, she gives you a very pleasant smile. Yeah. He's very uncomfortable with the creepy business smile. <laughs> Used to scowls and getting yelled at by his boss. Um, looks like one of these lines was actually involved in the killing of our Blade Runner. Currently, we suspect it might have been the other Blade Runner that did the shooting. Her smile quickly turns to a frown. You are telling me you believe that one of the Nexus 9 Blade Runners murdered the other. That's what we're seeing, but... Then please indulge me. What does this model, and she points her, you know, motions her hand at the screen, have to do with the investigation? You said it was a suspect. Please elaborate. Yeah, he was at the scene of the murder. He seemed to instigate the 
issue with the anti-replicant movement that you had mentioned. They were there. Mm. And he is, the that Skylar is as scummy as you said. But this replicant going by the name of Styles seemed to make the situation worse, wade into a fight with a few people, and then one of our Blade Runners ended up dead. Killed by one of our shells. And you instantly and? think it was the Blade Runner that pulled the trigger? How uh, do you know this model didn't steal it from her? Or one of the uh, uh, anti-replicant people that were there? Or Skylar himself? Possible, but then why did she run? Most people tend to run when they don't have a weapon and they're being fired upon. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, but uh, then she would have come back to the LAPD. Right? If she was able to. Or if she was innocent. She got in a cab pretty quick. Could have taken her here. Or to the LAPD. Hmm. Well, for what it's worth, I'll point out that this particular line of replicant, when she turns back to the terminal, is a combat model designed for... Hmm, what's the best way to put it? A robust endurance, yeah. increased capabilities in physical labor and combat. Almost seven feet tall when I saw him, so yeah, makes sense. Sounds like the type of individual that could overpower uh, a Blade Runner, no? Good. Possible. She now. goes through a few more things and then she kind of turns back to you as if expecting you to say more or see what you have to say. Let's say it does end up being the case that one of the Nexus Nines on our side killed Sandor. How would you prefer it be dealt with? She stares at you blankly for a moment. You can't tell if she's grinning or or not. Very hard to tell. Uh, she kind of just bores her eyes right into yours for a moment. It makes you very, very uncomfortable. Just the absolute silence and eeriness. Just the hum of the terminal behind you. Finally, she says, Finally, it seems you're beginning to understand things here, Detective. Should such an anomaly, as unlikely as it is, indeed be what you discover and are positively certain without a shadow of a doubt is true, then I would expect the utmost discretion and cooperation. I would expect you to give me those results and that information, that conclusion, directly, personally, so that we can make sure the proper steps are taken. Well, you do understand, don't you? Yeah. Think I do. Wouldn't want anything like this getting out to the public and starting another series of unfortunate events. 
I see you've done your homework then. I wonder, is your partner, Detective Holbeck, uh, as agreeable as you are? I know that he's been on the force for quite a bit longer than you. Don't know, and I probably won't ask him while we're on this case. How can I trust the integrity of the investigation, then, if your whole team is not aligned with our goals? I can't guarantee that they all would be. But as long as one of us is, should make a difference. She once again stares at you for a moment in absolute silence, clearly judging you, sizing you up. Let me be blunt here, detective. You seem to be a smart man. You seem to be, how do they say, picking up what I'm throwing down. We have use for individuals like you. People that we can trust. Especially people in such a unique position as yourself, being a Blade Runner and all. And with your career just getting started, well, cooperation with us, I can absolutely guarantee would see your career be on a rise. Indefinitely, really, should you prove to be the type of person we can work with. Well, Mr. Wallace is very particular about everything surrounding the Nexus Nines, as you can imagine. It would be good to have someone we could truly trust in such a position as yours. Well, that does sound enticing, and I've been known to be a bit of a people pleaser, so I think we could work something out. I'm very happy to hear that, Detective. Please keep me updated the moment you have any news. I'll send you a private channel that you can securely send things to me directly, encrypted. There'll be no interference. It will be for my eyes and those of Mr. Wallace alone. All right. Do you say anything else, Stuart? It's a pleasure doing business. She nods her head and says, likewise. Just remember your career, detective. It could be a shining star, or it could be a snuffed out candle. The choice is really yours. Not really a choice, then, is there? There's always a choice, detective. Some are just better than others. And at that, uh, she walks past you, and she says, um, they'll see you out now. And, uh, like, from out of nowhere, that replicant appears and uh, is ready to show you back down to where your spinner's parked. Right. You will exit and go back to his spinner. Sorry, I should have, I should have had this out for everyone to enjoy one last time. <laughs> 
See, she's totally agreeable when you do everything she wants. Yeah. Uh, look at wanna... fucking mug. I just want to trick. I just want to trigger Tyler here. Oh, uh, <laughs> I got a cleaner clock at the end of this. Suffering from PTSD already. Goodness. <laughs> so, while Garrick is talking with the best NPC, NPC of the year, really, <laughs> uh, we will switch over to Violet, hopping oh. in a spinner. Dare What's you that? stop on Zingit's grave like that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's on the ballot for sure, but I don't get that this kind of reaction from uh, from Zingitz like I do with her. So, <laughs> hold on, I got a cat in my face who wants to. I don't know if you guys heard him earlier. Strigoi's been quite vocal tonight. He wants to play. So, Violet, you hop in your spinner and you are making your way. I'm sorry, where again? Uh, to Lilith uh, Enterprises? Or, ah, Lilith or, uh, Memory Lab, yes. Memory Labs. Okay. So, uh, let me... Can I... Uh, I'm going to try reaching Hector again on the way. No response. No way. Can answer. I take an intuition test? Or an insight test? Uh, for what? He's not answering his phone, and it's been a while. I don't think you need to make an insight test. I think you can deduce whatever you feel like. I mean, I feel like, you know, Violet's a detective. If he's not answering, something is probably wrong. And I feel like Violet maybe call Halbeck, say, hey, Halbeck, you there? Yeah. Yeah, you hear from Hector? No, I'm heading over there now. Got a bad feeling. I'll reroute and meet you. No, no, stay on the memory labs. We need to start looking into this stuff. I'm heading over there now. I'll check it out. I'll keep I don't close. say anything and I turn it off. <laughs> Classic. Oh, and I, I don't <laughs> listen to him. And I, uh... We see the spinner bank off towards Animoid Row? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I love it. That's that's very, very detective of you. Okay, so, uh, well, I don't need to describe what you were about to see then, so we'll just switch this over to something else. Uh, Strigoi, you're, you're blocking the path here. Well, let me get the cat out of the way while I do that. Hallback, you take your spinner soaring over the city streets making your way towards Animoid Row. As you do, you eventually lock on and ping to where his spinner is located and you find it off on the side of the street here. Uh, you know, there's nobody really near it. Nobody's been messing with it or anything, but you do find it. Okay, uh, can, um, I think you would just go near it, double check, and make sure that it hasn't been fired up, like it's pretty cold to the touch? Yeah, at this point, definitely. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Silas would look around, uh, 
from where the spinner is, can he see the butterfly shop? The Aurelian? Mm, probably, yeah. Okay. If not, it only probably takes a minute or two to find it. Just depends on the angle that he's parked, but you find it fast enough. Okay, I think... Uh, uh, so is it... Like the track, is it raining right now? Yeah, there's always... There's pretty much always rain. Okay, so... Just a light uh, drizzle, it's not heavy or anything, but... Gotcha. Well, Silas would... Uh, unholster his piece and just shove both his hands in the pockets of his trench coat and kind of look like he's huddling up against the the light rain mm -hmm. and head over to the Aurelian and kind of be keeping a sharp eye out uh, while he's uh, walking give me an observation test please oh is this one alright uh, that's two successes that I will accept okay so you do not see anything it, uh, it's busy here but you don't see anything out of the ordinary uh, you instantly can see the sign to the Aurelian shop and uh, as you're walking by you hear someone at one of these food kiosks, like, say to the person they're sitting next to, and they're clearly talking about you as they see you walk by and land the spinner and everything. Um, you hear one of them say, like, man, a lot of, uh, a lot of LAPD out here today, huh? I wonder what's going on. And, uh, you see the other guy next to him, like, kind of nod as he's shoveling some noodles into his mouth. Ooh. So Silas would know he's on the right track. Uh, I think, yeah, so still making his way to the uh, butterfly shop. Probably wouldn't go in. Maybe would kind of circle the building, see if there's anything going on behind it. So there's an alley behind this row of buildings and then it gets to the end of the block over here in the bottom right-hand corner, and then that goes off the map where the sidewalk goes further into the, the rest of the neighborhood. Okay. Um, but yeah, basically there's a, there's an alley that goes behind this row. Some of these places probably have like a back entrance, or you might see like the fire escape uh, metal stairs uh, and ladders that go up to uh, like the apartments and stuff above, but... You know, you don't see anything out of the ordinary. You know, dumpsters and trash cans and things like that. But nothing out of the ordinary. Um, is there like a, a newspaper stand or something nearby? Yes. Okay. Uh, just really quick for sort of stealthing's sake. Uh, Silas would buy uh, a newspaper and kind of walk with it while looking at it. Yeah, this is probably like a newsstand or something over here, so you grab one. Okay. Um, as you do, you can't help but notice, as you turn to the second page, another police spinner lands over by your guys, and you see Violet hop out. Okay, so Silas would 
pull the very 1980s move of uh, pushing his glasses down the brim of his the bridge of his nose and look <laughs> and looking over them like mouth agape. It's her. Yep. And uh, realizing he just wasted money on a fucking newspaper would roll it up, swipe it under his uh, arm, and just start marching over to her. All right. You do so. So not only do you ruin my time out here, you're disobeying me and not going to see the fucking memory lady. Oh, you're my boss? Um, I thought I was running point on this. I mean, to be fair, everybody's been calling him boss, so... Well, I'm tired of old men telling me what to do. That's not a good idea. Something happened to him. You gonna go there and alone and what? Get done in the same way? Come on, get over yourself. Let's find him. Uh, Realizing arguing is pointless, uh... Silas would sigh and then gesture towards the Aurelian with an arm and uh, say, after you. Alright, now walk over to the Aurelian. Okay. You see the shop you saw earlier, uh, or in the late last night, and this time you see the uh, the old man. I uh, go up and introduce myself. Hello, sir. Detective Violet. Uh, Let me, he, uh... You see that he, he notices when you walk in. You know, obviously you're not being quiet or anything. And he says, uh... Oh, hello, Detective. Uh, how can I help you? Looking for a fellow detective that may have been in here earlier. Uh, I, I haven't had any police come in today. I've, I've had a few customers, but... You're the first officer to come in. I give Silas a look. Anyone coming in asking about butterfly wares? Looking for a missing person? I mean, just about everyone that comes in here is asking about butterfly wares. How about a missing person? Maybe was a customer of yours? Mm, No. Nothing about a missing person or anything like that. Uh, Silas would kind of walk forward, uh, hat off, go, uh, hello, sir, uh, Inspector Hallbach. Um, anyone oh, you asking? Brought, you brought a friend. Uh, hello, Inspector. What can I do for you? Hello. Uh, anyone inquire about maybe, uh, uh, blue butterflies today? As a matter of fact, yes, there was a a man in earlier today, had uh, quite a few questions about them. He showed me a a picture that he had, someone that had purchased one of my pieces, said he was looking to get it for a a friend, or to get one after his friend had shown it to him. Gave him a little bit of a history lesson, and uh, he stepped out for a call. Eventually he came back and purchased one. Uh, Silas would look to Violet. Sounds like him. 
So he came back, purchased a butterfly, and then left. Oh, and then he departed, yes. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have noticed which way he left. Uh, I'm afraid not. I don't have much in the way of my eyesight anymore. And you can tell that his eyes are cataract over pretty badly. Oh, my apologies. Oh, quite all right. Is uh, everything all right? Is there anything else I could do to help? Uh, Are there any cameras outside that you have that could maybe we could look at? Show oh, us no, where you not, may have went? Not that I have. No, they're too expensive. But there, there's Esper cameras uh, on, on some of the corners around here. Well, appreciate your time. No, happy to help. I hope you find your friend. Yeah, so Holbach would uh, kind of motion for Violet to follow. I'll walk out, see if there's anyone else around close by we could talk to. Tons of people out here. Probably more someone at one of the shops here, so. Like an owner or an employee? Yeah. Anyone okay. that would have been there during the day, you know. So, uh... Go across to this. I mean, would, to me, it makes sense. Check it with this stand. And uh, I'll learn my lesson and sit down and buy something to eat or buy something to drink. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you uh, you get some prawns and the... Just uh, small that, you know, I could sure yeah. scarf down or... Yeah, most of it's meant to be eaten on the go and stuff, too. So um, they start whipping something up and start putting in like one of those little, you know, the, the like the Chinese rice container you get from a Chinese restaurant. And, um, you know, tells you how much it is. And uh, do, you, do you say anything to them or ask them any questions? Yeah, say, say, looking for a guy. I guess I'll try and I'll describe uh, Hector as best I can. Uh, you know, I don't know well, how well I know him that I can uh, describe him, but uh, might look like uh, kind of like a detective-looking guy. Went in <laughs> and out of the shops around here. Give Got... me a connections roll with advantage. Got glasses. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, just uh, uh, connections with, advantage. with advantage. Yes. All right, very good. Oh, two uh, successes. Yep, yep. She's... She says, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I recognize him. He, uh, he, he was about to buy something here, but he went over uh, to the noodle shop, and she points to the, the store next to her. I see. Well, thanks. I hope you're hungry for some noodles, Halbeck. Uh, go over to the noodle shop. <laughs> Do the same thing buy from every shop until you get the info you I need. mean I'm <laughs> it's working okay uh, uh, yeah. buy, uh kind of noodles you want Halbeck uh plainest you can get and I'll take a tea uh he would motion to uh whoever's behind the counter like for a tea yeah yeah coming right up uh when he comes back I ask him you know you see a detective-looking guy with glasses, 
come grab something from here earlier? Uh, Would have went inside the... Uh, give me another connection at advantage. One success. He says, uh, yeah, yeah, that guy, uh, he, he sat down and uh, he had some noodles not too long ago. Sat right there, and he points to a now-occupied chair. Did you see which way he may have went when he uh, left? Yeah, he, uh, um, he, he eventually got up and uh, he started uh, wandering over this way, and he kind of points, like, down the sidewalk, and... Uh, yeah, he went off in, in that direction, and he points basically to the east side of the map here. Right, well, that's the start. And then he finishes up. He's like, here's your grub. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, so uh, he points over here? Yeah. All right. All right, well, it's a... Uh take a look down this way see what else is over here so you start making your way down the row here and you see that there are plenty of shops kiosks and other uh you know terminals and things like that eventually when you get to the end of the actual map here that's where the sidewalk uh then turns south and uh heads you know down the block or you can uh, eventually cross the street and get to the other side uh, and then, sorry, I forgot how I turn on the, it's the W, right? Yep. So we're over here on this side. Okay. Sort of, I'm guessing. We walk this way. Yeah. All right. Your turn, Hallbeck. When you buy something, ask these fish ladies, they seen our guy. Uh, yeah, so Silas would uh, saddle up. What can we, what can we purchase here? This is an animoid shop. It's for exotic fish uh, and like crustaceans and aquatic mammals. Oh, Looks like it's one of the, the bigger stores down here. I'll just buy some food or something. No, yeah, you right. can get you can get food from one of the, like like these other shops here. Or license you know, these... plate. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's maybe go to a place that we can we can use a purchase to, to okay. get a question. Yeah, give me another uh, connections with advantage. Okay. Connections. All right. All right, what do you uh, ask? Uh, so I do I have a picture of, of Hector? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'd ask... Uh, have you seen this uh, flashy suit around here? Uh, might have seen any which way he went. Uh, it's a young girl. She takes a look. She's chewing oddly on, you know, some artificial bubble gum. Uh, what do you think here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh... He was, uh... I think he was following somebody. And, uh... Yeah, he made his way made his way over here um there was a there was a really tall guy in a black hoodie and he kind of he kind of ducked it looked like he was he was getting followed and he was kind of ducking between people trying to stay low and 
Uh, then this this guy, your friend, uh, he got to the end over here, and craziest thing, some other guy came up behind him, bumped into him, you know, like like a like a shoulder type thing, and uh, they started getting into it, and then the the one guy took a swing at him, cracked him right in the face, and took off, and then your your buddy went chasing after him, and she points you know down the way south here, like down the sidewalk. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, Silas would look at Violet. Uh, before we start running that way, while he's talking, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call Sully. Okay, yeah, you can call him up. Call him and say, hey. Yeah. What's going Check on? Checking in. Right? Checking in like he asked. So. Oh. Uh, thanks. How's the well, investigation going? Hey, listen, I gotta go, but uh, one of our partners may have went missing. We're down in Animal Row. If you don't hear from me by third shift, give the chief a call. Uh, you see there's a little hesitation in his voice, but um, he kind of steals himself. He's like, yeah, you got it. Be careful. Alright. I love you. Love and you I hang too. up. <laughs> I love... <laughs> Click... <laughs> Aw. Alright. Let's get going. Alright, so you guys make your way south down the sidewalk. Yep. And eventually, um, what you see, you know, you're basically just on a regular city block. You know, tall buildings mostly all around you. Similar across the street. It's just a, a two-lane road here. Nothing nothing fancy. Um, and then there's, there's an alleyway that you come up to on your right-hand side. Or you can continue down the uh, the sidewalk here. Um, my instinct says check the alley. Yeah. Bad things happen in alleys. This is true. Uh, that's that's not metagaming. I'll allow that. Uh, you make your way down the alley, and it's. Uh, not very long before you come to a dead end. We see uh, any signs of a scuffle? Give me an observation test at disadvantage since it is drizzling out here a little bit. One success. Hallbeck, you may do so as well if you like. Sorry, disadvantage? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll All take right. It. Well, between the two of you, you do indeed find uh, some quickly running uh, spots of what you're assuming are blood, um, and you probably—I uh, don't think they would have left any weapons. They probably would have grabbed them. But uh, yeah. You definitely see that. Maybe, like, uh, we'll say you probably find, like, a piece of his suit because he got cut by the knife. So you see, like, a, a tatter of his, uh, you know, otherwise nicely dressed suit. And, you know, it matches the color that he was wearing. Uh, Silas would look up. Is there... Can I see any of the uh, Esper cams? Yeah, you probably saw some. Uh, there's none in the alley, but you would have seen some outside on the main streets. 
Okay. They so usually like, go into alleys. They usually go over like large public areas to cover right. as much ground as possible. But yeah, there's definitely espers in the in the area. Okay, so there'd be a way to see like something, whatever entrance or exit to this alleyway, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, he would just make a note of that, and uh, I think at this point we would have to call it in. Let Chief know that uh, Hector's gone missing. All right. So, are you when you say call it in? Are you saying you're just going to tell the chief, or like in general, like, hey, dispatch, we've got an officer missing. Put out a, you know, a alert to the team, to the force. Uh. Actually, I would, I would probably. Uh, call the chief first <laughs> your favorite <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that should be your shtick you just call him constantly <laughs> he is just gonna yell at you again <laughs> all right you call him up on your kia yep and uh the vid phone comes in you can only like see like his shoulder as he's obviously out of frame and doing something else and you just hear from you know across the desk <gasps> This better be fucking good, Hallback. It's not. Uh, I wanted to let you know before I put out uh, the word to dispatch. Uh, Hector hasn't returned any of our uh, hails, and we found a spinner and traces of a scuffle and no Hector, so. Uh, fuck. Find him. Put out the put off the dispatch now. You got it. And uh yeah, Silas would hang up and then immediately uh hail dispatch, let them know we have a blade runner missing. So dispatch in this is actually like a uh it's a DG type AI and uh you know she has quite the, the attitude, but you have learned over the years that if uh as long as you're not too demanding with your requests and you, you treat the, the this AI with respect, she can be very effective. Uh, although she usually gives you a little bit of a, uh, a lip or sass. Um, but you've been on the force long enough to probably know how to, you know, how to deal with her. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got an issue with doing their jobs here. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, does, does Dispatch particularly have a name? Uh, I'm. I think it's just called dispatch, but let me check. Okay. Hunnigan. Mm, no, it's just it's just dispatch. That's like her name. Okay. I think there's an image of her in the uh, the rulebook too, but she she manifests like as a like a female AI, kind of like Cortana, like that holographic type uh, look, you know. Um, so you hear the you know the female voice. This is dispatch. Go ahead. Uh, Inspector Silas Holbach uh, was wondering if you could put out a request. Uh, we have a missing Blade Runner. Uh, Hector, what's what's Hector's uh, uh, Hector. <laughs> You gotta. Have you been paying attention? You tell me. Yeah. Uh, put out. Put out uh, yeah, missing Blade Runner. Hector Bantoff. 
Of course, Detective. Would you like that on all channels and frequencies? Yes, please. Very good. Just a moment. And then, um, you know, a moment, a couple seconds goes by, and then you guys start getting alerts on your Kias. And Garrick, you get an alert uh, from dispatch. And when you turn it on, you hear dispatch's voice come through. She says, attention all units, we have a missing Blade Runner. Missing in action, I repeat, MIA Blade Runner Hector Bantov. Last seen around Animoid Row, approximately 12.58 p.m. today. Detectives Albeck and Violet Lee currently on scene. And then she goes through a couple other uh, bits of information, probably like about the, you know, signs of a struggle. Uh, any uh, additional units, please report to Animoid Row. And that's how you uh, find out that your friend is missing. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I should have went with him. Is uh, there anything else to take a look at or... Uh, I guess, investigate or was our roles for the signs of scuffle as much as we were going to find? Um, you feel, I mean, you, only Hallbuck could have gotten two if he rolled a ten, so you did as well as you could, Violet, and he did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, all things considered, you don't think there's probably much else you can find here. However, I will point out, um, I think the three of you should each take a point of resolve stress damage when you realize that one of your bros is uh, is missing in action here. Okay. And, you know, the two of you, you know, Garrick, because, you know, like you said, you probably feel a little guilty and you're finding out about it as you're just like, on oh, there she is, there's dispatch. Um, you find out about it as you're just getting the call like everybody else. Uh, and then the two of you, you get a point of stress because you not only find signs that he was here, but you find blood and you're worried that something bad may have happened to him. Damn, I am at two out of six resolve, boys. It's been a rough day for... <laughs> you got a lot of resolve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Okay. Well, shh, I was hoping find a little bit more idea of where they dragged him off to. I guess we can go take a look at the Espers, but I feel like we should still look around the area. I, I, I can't do any more Esper work. I, <laughs> I got zero successes and took like three of resolve damage. Yeah, wait, what What kind of tests are those? Those are tech? Tech, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I'm not well, great. Even, even and... if like, are, I mean... I don't know what we're necessarily going to see. Like, we're going to, you know, see him get beat up and then dragged off camera, you know? Right. In my mind, we have to figure out where we can find Styles and his guys. That or, you know, we investigate. We do go investigate uh, uh, Lilith, see what she has to say, because I feel like she's a linchpin in a lot of this. And then see if anyone else can point us to this uh, replicant underground. Well, but also would we be able to look at the footage, like say they beat the shit out of him, but you know, loaded him up in a fucking... yeah. They, they probably yeah. loaded him up in something and taking it somewhere. Yeah. yeah, we could track. Yeah, that. we might be able to track a vehicle. Sure. 
But I mean, I I feel like we shouldn't we should do things at least in pairs from now on. I don't think we should unless it's at the station, you know. But mm-hmm. like I, you know, I'm not going to go visit Lilith alone just in case something weird happens. All right. Well, at this point, that is going to be the end of the afternoon shift. So we're going to move in now to as afternoon begins to turn to evening. Starts to get a little darker here in L.A. We're going to switch back over to uh, Hector. (laughs) The three of you guys can decide what you're going to do in the meantime. So, Hector, you awaken finally. And uh, you're at one health. You can put yourself back to one health. Actually, it'd be two health, because you get a point of health back every shift, and it's it's been a shift that's passed. But you're at two health. Your head is throbbing. You're dizzy and disoriented. You feel like you've just got a terrible hangover or headache, although it's obviously not from drinking. When you come to wake, come to consciousness, you realize that you are in the middle of a room that doesn't seem to have any natural light. It's just the light from outside. Maybe there's uh, one of those advertisement blips going by with the big spotlights and the big uh, advertisement screen. And you uh, realize that you are tied to an old shitty chair. Uh, The one I come to <coughs> Are you sure you don't want to talk? It would be so much easier. Now, um, when you awaken, you get a look around yourself. You see that there, th- this, um, so you find yourself in what looks like an old, dilapidated apartment building, um, brick crumbling probably from years ago. And we're talking probably uh, at least over 100 years ago, you're guessing. This place looks fairly old and untouched. Uh, Inside, there is what was once some fairly nice, perhaps marble or granite floor. Uh, It's lost its shine. It's chipped in places and dusty damaged by water leaking through the roof. Uh, In front of you, to your right, there is an old grand piano that uh, has seen better days. Looks like it probably doesn't work, if at all. It's probably out of tune. To your left, there's an old sofa that uh, has a dirty blanket on it. And in front of that is a circular coffee table with a variety of things scattered about. And then all around you, you can see there are little bits and bobs. There's like little like nightstands or tables. There's a dilapidated dresser and um, like shelves with uh, like bookshelves and things like that. You do see that there are two doors out of this room, one directly across from you and then one off to your left in the corner of the room. Uh, it also looks like there is an opening 
the doors, both doors are double doors, by the way, that you see. They look like they were at one time probably very nice and elaborate. There's a crumbling fireplace on the wall to your left. And then across the room in the right-hand corner, there's an opening. It looks like there were doors there at one point, but they are no longer there. And from where you're at, it looks like there's another room in there. Uh, hard to tell what... There are windows on the side of the, uh, the, the wall on your right-hand side. They're raised up. They're not, like, ground level. So there's light kind of coming in from higher up. And there's a what once was a very fancy chandelier above you that is also acting as a light source there's a, you know it's like a, like a lamp almost and it's uh it's got almost like shades around the side it looks kind of oriental in style and design and then it's got these like tassel things hanging from the bottom it's like a circular at, at the bottom and inside the middle part of that circular thing is where the light is coming down from and other than that, it looks like there's, you know, a little uh, desk lamp over on uh, this table over here. I guess that's, yeah, they actually have a, a light beam there. And that's, that's what you see. Okay. And there's no people in here, as far as I can tell. Well, once you say that, you do <laughs> hear someone walking and then coming out of the uh, the kitchen. And you do see your friend Styles. Oh, hey, guy. You see that he's wiping his hands off as he uh, as he comes in. He says, patched you up as best I could. And oh, you you can't. That. Yeah, you can't tell because your your hands are bound behind your back on the chair. Uh, and then your um, your feet are bound like each leg is bound to one of the, the legs of the chair. Bandages are a little tight. Yeah, well, I didn't go to med school, so it is what it is. Oh, uh, yeah, it's great to finally meet. I told you to keep your nose out of this business, and you wouldn't listen. I mean. You said that briefly before hitting me with a baseball bat. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, most hey. people get the point, you know, the first <laughs> oh, hit. Oh, hey, keep your nose out of it. And and then, like, stepped aside so that I could peacefully walk away. You had every chance to leave. You didn't take it. <sighs> also, your one hand, your, your your left hand is in excruciating pain. You can tell that it's broken. <laughs> How are your other guys holding up? They'll be fine. Cool. Look. I don't want to hurt you any more than we already did. Alright? Not here to kill a cop with Blade Runner. That leads to too much trouble. I just want to know what exactly it is that you want here and what exactly you know about what's going on here a great question well if, if you're not on board with a killing a cop 
think maybe we could help each other out. But, of course, we're, we're looking for, I'm looking for my comrade, uh, Leah, who was involved in the incident at the, the snake pit. But, uh, essentially, I'm worried for her safety, and we're just tracking down all leads. And what's it to you? Killing, killing Blade Runners. So obviously, have personal interest in making sure that doesn't happen. Give me a manipulation roll, please. He takes a deep breath. Look, you just need to leave this one alone, all right? Leah's fine. Fine, fine. You're looking after her then? Nothing you need to worry about. She's safe. Alright? Didn't hurt her. Didn't lay a hand on her. She's in good hands. And you don't need to worry about her anymore. It's best you stop worrying about her. That's good, then. But what happened with Sandor? I mean, if people just wanted to skip town, it can't be that hard. He kind of shakes his head. I wish I knew the full answer, but I don't. All you need to know is that uh, she's not going to be your problem anymore. So, I guess by this by this time tomorrow is uh, you can shut this whole thing down and call a click uh, case closed. Well, I guess what our problem is then is. Uh those uh humanity first guys because they're gonna cause a shit storm with their whole story it's this replicant on replicant violence yeah well maybe uh you and yours can uh, do something about that maybe do something uh, for us once in a while you know how do you mean? You're a cop. Make sure they don't uh, talk about it. You probably got Wallace's here too. I'm sure they don't want to hear about that sort of thing. Hmm. Oh. I suppose so. Look, you and I aren't so different, all right? I, you get it. You get what it's like out here. Good show. I know what, uh... I know you know what it's like. Even though you're on the force, you got that badge. The looks. The comments. Snide remarks. The threats. The hate. Why do you even help these fuckers? And don't give me the it's because what I'm programmed to do nonsense. I don't want to hear that shit. Hmm. Well, that's sort of complicated, but ultimately, trying to work my way back into a, a missing person's case. Old mentor of mine what, went up and disappeared a couple months back. We were 
working uh not not with the uh replicant detection division but in internal affairs at the LAPD and he disappeared and they shifted me here so that I couldn't be involved with the investigation and yet you're still working with him I mean what I guess I could just start mugging people I don't really have a whole lot of general skills hmm yeah you should tell that to my two boys I think uh, the results beg to differ with that statement. Well, could take it under consideration. <laughs> it won't get me any closer to finding my guy, though. To give it up. And this uh, this friend of yours is he uh, is he a replicant too, like us? believe so and why do you care what happens to him you care about something you somebody even if they're not exactly like you looks like he's mulling that over as if he's not sure if he believes it or believes you ah come on if if you thought that you wouldn't give a Nexus Nine another thought, like Leah. Yeah, she's still a replicant, though, right? They're a little closer, but six, seven, eight, nine. What's the matter? It's just a number. Well, how many more numbers does it need to be until we're just like human? I don't think that's ever gonna matter. Humans don't give a fuck about us. We're here to do all their dirty work. Treat us like shit. We're just disposable. We're garbage to them. Trash. Well, I, I think you'll find a lot of humans think that about other humans. Yeah, well, they're not wrong. Well. It's all relative, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess for what it's worth, sorry about your buddy. But, uh, really can't help you there. Yeah, that's fair. But, what you could help me with is getting out of here. Or do we just want to continue chatting until... Here's the deal. <laughs> Hector. You behave. This time tomorrow, you're free to go. No one's going to hurt you. No one's going to kill you. No one's going to beat you up any more than you already have. You stay here. Don't give us any trouble. Let you go. Matter of fact, might even be an open door for you if you want to come back and give your career choice here a real insightful second thought. Could use somebody 
like you. Could do a lot more help here than you're doing right now with them. That is a nice place. What is this, uh... Sixth floor? Tenth? How <laughs> far up are you here? Yeah. We're not that high up. Just an old, forgotten place. But more than more than two. Looks can be deceiving, detective. Oh well. Any of y'all play a piano? He uh turns over his shoulder to look at it. You know, he's sitting on the, the piano bench. He says, uh not uh not quite my forte, unfortunately. Not exactly what I was built to do. Not many were built for art, but it doesn't stop us. Although my broken hand does stop me. I know it sounds like I'm teeing up a concerto here, but I'll have to disappoint you on that end. Well, Tell you what, you behave. I'll see if I can uh, find one of my guys that might be able to uh, set those bones for you. Or nothing else. Get you some uh, some meds. Being Fair? A real medic would be great. I'm sorry, what? Being a real medic would be great. Yeah, well, those are in short supply around here, but... You play by our rules... I'll make sure you stay as comfortable as we can. Deal? Sounds like a good deal. He stares at you for a moment as if he's appraising you. What your answer might, you know, if you're telling the truth or not. And then uh, he gives you a nod. And it uh, looks like he goes uh, back off to that kitchen area. I'll throw you something together to eat. Meanwhile, back. Well, I guess. Do you do anything after he uh, after he leaves? I guess I'm gonna see if I can look more out the windows, like if I can figure out from either blimp lighting or just scooting over and peeking out them how high up we are. Uh, give me an observation roll, please. Or insight, whatever is better. Oh, we'll definitely do that then. Right? Yeah. Okay. With your critical success here, um, the, the, the blimp, for one, seems very high up. You feel like you are probably not very high up, if at all. The windows themselves are high up, but that's the design of this place. Uh, they're more uh, decorative than like a normal window. This definitely was a fancy place at some point, but um, it, it doesn't seem like you are very high up at all. Uh, also, you recognize the blimp from earlier this afternoon, which would lead you to believe that you're probably still very close to Animoid Row, uh, or where things went down. You don't feel like you've gone very far. 
Okay. Um, that's pretty good. So when you say the windows are, are not high up, or the windows are high up, but the floor is not high up, I was mm -hmm. thinking like, like a, like a garden apartment window, like six or so feet of concrete, and then the window above it, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's like the the half circle arched window, and it's like the top half of the circle. That's how the window is shaped. And you can see there's like what four or five of them. in the other room yeah you can hear him you can hear the sounds in the kitchen there's uh some water being poured and you can hear the clank of uh some you know instruments or utensils i should say okay you also notice with your uh your two successes there your critical you notice that your gear is uh over on this uh, cupboard, this or bookshelf, whatever it is, it's on top. So your your blaster, or what your gun that you had, uh, your badge, your Kia, and anything else that you have on you. If you've got your wallet, that's probably there too. You do see that the gun, uh, the clip has been taken out. The clip is sitting on the table next to it. Hold on, I'm definitely not looking up what falling damage might potentially be. <laughs> well, we'll leave Hector to think about <laughs> what he's going to do and how he's going to get out of this jam uh, as it begins to, uh, you know, it's it's definitely becoming evening at this point. And we'll go back to our team really quick here before we call it tonight as the three of you have put out the, I guess it's not an APB, but it is a, Oh, no, APB on a missing person. Yeah. So you put out the call that Hector is MIA. What are the three of you going to do as you plan for the evening shift as it's about to begin? This is third shift, then? Third shift. I'm going to just touch base with Sully and just, you know, say that I'm okay and we're following up and that, uh, you know, he is missing. Um just so he doesn't call the chief. Yeah, he thanks you and says good luck. Hope your friend's okay. Uh -huh. Silas would go up to Violet and uh, say, well, we have the whole LAPD on it now. So could you please maybe think possibly about inquiring as to any of our questions with the memory labs, please, maybe? Sure. Thank uh, you. I love it. But I'm not going alone. Uh, Either Silas, you or Garrick is coming with me. Silas's head would drop and and go. Uh, and I guess I'm going with you. All right, Garrick. Uh, what are you going to well, do? Well, uh, good question. I don't. There aren't really any other leads we need to like pull at, right? That's the lead currently. 
Um, the only the only other thing you would have is you could also check uh, Esper footage and see if you can find anything about what went down here. Uh, and I, I will say, if you do, it will not cost you a promotion point because it's been known and reported what's going on. So they would let you, uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> I guess. You, won't have, you won't have to make, you know, you don't have to spend the promotion point. Um, you probably still have to make the test. Yeah. You have to make the test yeah. to use it, but. It's rough. Okay. I guess that's what Garrick will do. But before they do that, he will uh, talk to Hallback. So, um, well, just I guess both of you found out that Styles is most likely, almost certainly, a Nexus 8 combat model. He's uh, real dangerous. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, right? <laughs> you found out before any of us super sleuth I double check um, my service weapon as he's saying that yeah <laughs> yeah so um did Hobbeck tell us he had made a deal with Skyler or no I don't know did you I mean, I'm asking Kyle I did not no okay then I don't say anything else. Okay. So Violet and Halbeck load up in a spinner, finally head to the memory lab, unless <laughs> they decide to uh, change route again. And uh, Garrick, you're going to head back to LAPD and see if you can pick up anything on the Esper wall, correct? Uh, yeah, and he's gonna... Is it possible to interact with my signature item during this time of travel, or no? Mm, let me check. Just because, yeah, if I'm going to the Esper wall, I'm looking to lose another couple resolve points. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck up someone else's desk. <laughs> Let's see here. <laughs> Can I just give Sean a promotion point? <laughs> Why? No, you're not his superior, unfortunately. Uh, we call him boss. I feel like it makes sense. It does. It definitely does. <laughs> Especially at least you, because you've been on the force like longer a year. than the other two. Yeah. Uh, I think you're you're like two years, right? So yeah, you've been okay. on here a little bit longer. But yeah, it's once per game session. Okay. So. And that just gives me a resolve back, or? Yes. Cool. We will do that. And in case it isn't obvious at this point, stress and resolved are used interchangeably in this game. Yeah. I, I think it might have been an oversight by them because it's like called resolve, but everywhere in the text, they usually refer to it as stress. Yeah. So same thing. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, Matt, you were healed for one hit point, and then the other one just came from naturally healing because it's been a shift. That's why you're at two. Gotcha. Does Resolve heal naturally like that or no? I believe Resolve is only when you actually rest for oh, downtime. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably, because otherwise, yeah, it's once per session, so. Yeah. 
Evans. Okay. Well, we will call it tonight at that, folks. I wasn't sure if we were going to get through or finish that. I was not expecting Hector to get captured. Uh, so that was exciting. But uh, we will definitely, one way or another, come hell or high water, next week will be our fourth and final session as we finish up Electric Dreams and end our time here in the Blade Runner universe for now. So thank you all so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. Excellent role-playing tonight, guys. Some really cool, very believable stuff with how you guys are reacting to things. So... We will see what happens next week. Can they rescue Hector? Can they track down Leah? Will they, what will they find out at Lilith's Memory Labs? Well, check in same time, same place next week to find out. Thanks again, and nighty nights. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.